0: Just gonna stand there and watch me burn Well, that's all right because I like the way it hurts Just gonna stand there and hear me cry Well, that's all right
1: because I love the way you lie I love the way you lie Hello, welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast for I Valerian the and the I Thousand Places. No, see, oh jeez. Wrong, wrong. Yeah, okay. Try again. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Is that better? No, get... it's a no? colon. Oh, it's Is just there's... Valerian, the City of a Thousand Planets? Yeah.
2: No, there's no colon. It's an ant. Don't listen to Kelly
1: one. on The yeah. title, especially. Oh. Yeah. So let's. Here's how the beginning of this podcast should have gone. Hello, <laughs> welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Valerian. This ant. Whatever. Wow. You know what? If you're listening this far, you know what movie we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Borkowski. Now you,
2: you guys can just call me Bubble.
1: And with a Ugh. Valerian whatever, whatever, whatever tagline, Kelly Wand. CG. <laughs> <laughs> I would be good if that was the only one. They normally, get worse. You know, they, don't, they don't normally start strong. Oh, they get worse. All right, we'll run with it.
3: Start strong. It's like Avatar, but the butterflies do something different.
1: There are butterflies in Avatar? Dingus is our Avatar expert. Dingus, were there butterflies in Avatar?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't want to be known as the Avatar expert, please.
1: Kelly that. remember when we did an Avatar pod- podcast and Dingus was the only one who liked the movie? Yeah. It was funny. Kellywan, what are some other taglines for Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets?
3: All right, this one doesn't apply anymore since I looked it up. I guess you're right that I wrote not an actual description of what Valerian is, but since there's an a.
1: Oh, oh right, good. right. I see. Right,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: so the actual title. Script. I thought they were
3: stupid, but I'm stupid. So you're welcome, movie makers. All right, well, uh, that's
2: a good tagline, actually. I thought they were stupid, but I'm stupid. Right. Uh, it's like Jupiter Ascending, but French.
1: Man, I haven't <laughs> seen Jupiter Ascending. I'm gonna feel left out. I feel. Oh, Tom. I know. Wow. I, I,
3: I know. thought I told you a thousand times. You have to see Jupiter Ascending. There's bees in it. Channing oh.
1: with the dog L is a space. Oh elf my
3: god. I, yeah, he's like a roll- yeah. Yeah, roll- space player. dog.
1: That chick Mila Kunis, who's the comedian, Mila Kunis, is in it. Oh, she's so
3: funny and she's so deep, and she. <clears throat> they shut down Chicago like the whole city to film the sequence for Shanning Tatum Rollerblades and that. So remember that when you see that scene like okay. that was what they shut down a city to do.
2: Sweet. To did You call awful. him Shanning?
3: Yeah, someone said that and I go, I kind of like that better like like Gary Shanling Tatum
2: kind of. His hmm. name is not Shanning.
3: Are we sure though? I know it's spelled with a C, but I thought he says it with an S cuz of the way the guy kept saying it. Like he sounded like, like he knew what was up. It was like uh, Jay Leno or somebody, like someone with a lot of credibility.
1: All right. Well, Kelly Wand, are there other appropriate taglines for Valerian and the planet of a s- – no, shoot. Wow. And the That's city amazing. of a – there's way too many words in the title. I don't know.
2: <sighs> I, I forgot yeah. one. That's how Try doing there. the Far Side of the World movie. Good luck with that.
1: I mean, I can do Dunkirk. When I can do always- Spider-Man Homecoming. I can mm-hmm. do uh, – I can't do the monkey movie. I know there's way too many words in that one. Uh, there's the same words every time. It's like war and battle. Right. I can do Wonder <laughs> Woman. I know the, the name of that movie just fine. me yeah, want other, other taglines for this, uh, this word salad movie that we got? Finally, a galactic science fiction movie about humans' problems. Okay, <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Dingus, don't spoil it. There might be listeners who are like, wait, I haven't seen it yet. Don't ruin it for me. That's Tell how Tell them a little bit about the movie without ruining it for them, dingus.
2: All right. Well, this week we saw Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets.
1: How does he do that, Kelly Wand? He's like, oh.
2: He said it kind of proudly,
1: too. Like, yeah, Ooh. I know. Yeah.
3: That was like all <laughs> like, Yeah. A
2: 2017 English-language French science fiction action comic book movie about how the Navi learn a lesson about the dangers of all-inclusive beach resort vacations. It was directed by Luc Besson and written by him based on the French comic book series Valerian and Laureline by Pierre-Christine and Jean-Claude Méseret. It stars Rihanna. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets (laughs) is rated PG-13 for sci-fi violence and action,
1: Suggestive material, uh-huh. and brief language. Kelly Wan, is there anything missing from that disclaimer that parents should know about? CG. <laughs> Valerian opened at number five. <laughs> no. $17 million, it came in number five after Dunkirk, Girls Trip, Ugh. Spider-Man Homecoming's third weekend. And the War for the Ape Monkey Planet movie uh, on its second weekend. <laughs> After that, then Valerian, number five, $17 million. Oh, uh, that's terrible. That's Rotten terrible. Tomatoes, the, aver- the percentage of reviews that are positive on Rotten Tomatoes, 54%.
3: Uh-huh.
1: On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews, 51 out of 100. Hmm. Idiots who went to see this movie on Friday half-a. night decided, uh, no, I don't think so, or when, they they like gave it, when they gave it a B-, when idiots give you a oh, B-, you're in trouble. That's an F in the real world. So the interesting thing about CinemaScore, do you know what Girls Trip is, Kelly Wand?
3: No, is it a Baby Driver spinoff? <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's like Queen Latifah and some other uh, actresses uh-huh. of, of color who I don't I, like. It's it's very much a, a a narrowly targeted demographic, a comedy. It's rough night for black people, for black women, exactly right. Uh, and and that gets and this is this is this tells you everything you need to know about Cinema Score. That movie, as you would expect, got a Cinema Score rating of A plus because <laughs> anyone who goes to that movie on a Friday Wants- night. Exactly, they want to. So, Cinema Score is—it's a very specific rating that doesn't tell you that much. Uh, but we know that the people who wanted to go see Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets on Friday night came out of it going, "Yeah, I don't know," and they gave That's it. That's true. House.
3: Like Ma- Big Mama's House would only be seen by people who were excited about seeing Big Mama's. Like, no
1: one's going to go. All right, I don't think it's going to be good, Tom. But <laughs> since you like the first one. And that's why superhero movies tend to get – you it gets an A-minus or nothing. Horror movies, on the other hand, people go to horror movies with expectations, and any horror movie that tries to do something a little differently, or even crappy horror movies, people will come into that and go, ew, what did I just do? Yeah. Uh, Schrader Exorcist, what? That's what they said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ring Zero, huh? Yeah. Oh, uh, It Comes at Night, D-minus. Yeah, so they don't know what – Oh, really? Yeah. So, all right, Kelly Wand – I would now like you to give me a synopsis of the events of Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. What
3: would I call such a thing? A gift to France. Oh! (laughs) Finally, we give them something. (laughs) Besides Donald Trump. Valeriopsis, sipsis of a Thousand Plampsis. I don't know if I'm up to this one. Some Russians make a space station and wait for people to shake hands with. Some Chinese people attach their chunk to it. Some terrorists join at the fun, then some robot fish. This all causes Rutger Howard to leave acting. He becomes president of Earth and goes, this space station's a huge success, let's get rid of it. It floats off into space as Rutger looks at the sun and goes, uh, what else do I do on this? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> on a planet made out of beaches... Some CG mer people do nothing. One of them is a princess. She sleeps in. Eventually, she gets up, yawns at us, and takes turns smiling at stuff made out of CG, including a boy who's stalking her. After her mom asks her what she feels like doing, she feeds a CG marble to her pet hedgehog and holds it over a bird bath with a bottomless pit inside. It shits and sheds CG into the basin of the smog and looks morose. The merman with the spear's all wow, what's it actually eat? Although he says this by making his head glow. Since no one answers him, suddenly some ships land and attack by crashing into some water. The mermen raise their spears bravely, then run away screaming into an aluminum fallout shelter. (laughs) Although we'll later learn this shelter can withstand a planet exploding without taking any damage to it structurally, including the glass window and its only door. The door handle breaks off the second they close it. The princess (laughs) comes running up. (laughs) She stares in at them, looks back at the very slowly approaching fireball, and using her head color, goes, Uh, that fireball's not going to be here for another 30 seconds. Let me in. Yeah, I can see the (laughs) handle's broken. Who shot it? Connie? Great. Can we fix it? (laughs) Travis? Guys? Come on, don't be hanging. They answer her by making their heads glow pink with sorrow. The princess turns around stretches her arms wide as the fireball hits her fart CG out of her head. It hits the feed from Chronicle sitting on a fake
1: <laughs> Wow. <laughs> right out of the gate. Oh my gosh. Poor guy. Too harsh. <laughs> it's Valerian.
3: What am I supposed to do? He's lost his powers and is now a spy. Rank Major? His partner's blonde except for her eyebrows so he's in love with her. <laughs> since the movie is named after just him exclusively like Portakai I'm expecting big things
0: <laughs> he's all come on Liluline. I'm handsome, intelligent three dimensional if you're wearing the glasses uh, awesome do you even remember my magic act in Chronicle she's all I don't like you yet
3: I look over at the Crying Martian from Mission to Mars, Pavarotti sobbing beside me and go, DeHaan's like a Labouf DiCaprio,
2: huh? <laughs> Ooh.
3: Ooh.
2: Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Really? It's
3: too beat. It says something telepathic, which I can write but don't speak. Eventually, nothing happens, so Dahan and Eyebrows go into a ship and say stuff, then get in a smaller shuttle that makes them irritably spread their arms out so the seatbelts can slide on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember
3: everything. I lean over to Gary Oldman's Fifth Element character and go, That's more work than the seatbelts we have now. I only have to move one arm to fasten mine. See? Look. <laughs> Look at that! 2017, uh, motherfucker. Chocolate syrup starts pouring out of Oldman's skull cap while he starts trembling. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror. Back in the movie, <laughs> it just sitting next to me. That's what, that's his response to what I said about the seatbelts. I never him out.
2: understood what was going on in that moment. Yeah.
3: because he's on the phone with the giant evil orb when it uh, uh makes your head bleed when you talk to him on the phone
0: right
2: <laughs>
3: we'll get into that in ringtones back in the movie <laughs> spider-man's suit voice is telling Valerian and lilu there is a mission on a planet involving a desert and vr goggles i let you both run dangerously late for it just
0: now so you could bicker a bit longer during
3: that beach scene <laughs>
0: They're all, thanks, spaceship VO-9000. DeHaan's all, come on, Laylor, marry me. It'll add another layer of emotional distress to our assignments. I predict our military bosses will be all, yeah, bro, tight. All our agents should marry. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> She's all, you get laid constantly. I only want to marry someone who hates sex. He's all,
0: I can be the man who makes you hate it.
3: Their ship crashes through some CG holes, so they're crashing towards some pointy rocks. Playfully, he's all,
0: Lelaine, sometimes you drive passive aggressively. She sighs and folds her arms as their ship hurtles towards death. He's all, OK, OK. Your character's the most competent driver in the universe. Can't wait to see how this pays off. She scowls at him and drives around until she feels like landing. I look over at Quado and the
3: black guy's stomach sitting beside me and go, they'll have great kids. <laughs> They get out and meet some Luke Massan army guys with beards. The head one is all Hawaiian. (laughs) What the? Lavalier makes some arm gestures to
0: Han's all. I don't go anywhere without my partner, except right now on this mission. While she waits by you guys, Uh, we're getting married. By the way, we just had our
3: honeymoon. She's all. Honeymoon comes after the wedding, idiot. I didn't say yes yet. The soldiers look at each other uneasily. The bearded one's all uh, Major Dehan. Private Lala. Uh, our lives all hinge on you guys being really careful right now. Just this is really important. Lelou's all nice hat. A lizard in a guard tower is all. Hey, uh, you guys are all armed down there and unauthorized to be here. Wait, why are you in that camera at me? Camera at me. <laughs> Stupid lizard. They shoot him so the funny army guy can control his body with his VR gloves. He makes the lizard do a funny dance. Lilo tries to smile in response. Another guy squeegees Dahan with an invisible squeegee. He's all... Yeah, this will make you invisible to CG for about uh, half the length of this mission. Dahan de-yawns and walks off past the guard tower. While the lizard in it keeps dancing. Bored by his mission requirements, Dahan joins a tour group led by... A Russell Brand in a turban goes, <laughs> welcome to big market on your tour guide, Cap Smear. We have over three markets. Now, remember, you, as always, is what human starts with. So if your hat stops glowing the letter U, it means you're in an illegal area. Nothing will happen to you. Try not to stick together and what's my name. While they struggle to remember, DeHaan stares at a nearby map of CG to look for where his mission is right there
0: in public. He's all, Ugh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like a debriefing before the mission starts. That shit. I'll just use the air map.
3: Suddenly, some mysterious figures in black cloaks lose interest in staring at him, so he turns around. (laughs) Dahan walks around some sand while the other soldiers in Delvinier watch wearily from a few feet away. Finally, she's all, DeHaan, put your fucking CG glasses on. He's all, oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> DeHaan Bob, puts of playlist CG gibbering and farting at him until he finds a dark room with John Goodman in it, trying to sell one of the magic hedgehogs to a couple of the mermen, who stupidly forgot to bring one with them into the Bob shelter. DeHaan's <laughs> spray wears off just as he finishes stammering the to- Wisecrack. So he grabs the hedgehog and runs down some alleys shooting people till one of Goodman's flunkies shoots him with magnetized marbles and make him smash through fifty stories without hurting him. He tricks the flunky by using pliers on one of the marbles, then runs around till Lelou does her signature move, fixing wires in his arm. John Goodman finally realizes he has a giant dog that eats thieves and dispatches it. <laughs> wearing CG glasses. Or a thing on its arm, it somehow transcends dimensions and starts eating its way through the back of the speeding truck and the soldiers, while Dahan and Lorlor help out by trampling their way to the windshield. Ten minutes later, on a big ship, Clive Owens all.
0: And what happened to the merman in the room with John Goodman? Uh, unspecified. And you lost all twelve of your squad mates? Unspecified. Although we were sort of busy most of that time talking about my marriage proposal to Fuckstick here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We lose all. Nice hat. Clive Owen storms out. A red haired guy looks primly at them and goes, Good luck, you two. This magic hedgehog will really spice up the upcoming United Nations meeting in a nearby room. Dahan starts talking, so Lelou goes to her room. She feeds the hedgehog some of her fingernail clippings and watches as it shakes and farts out a bunch more of them. She's all I had to take you shopping with me. <laughs> Speaking of which, she puts it in a microwave and turns it on. As the hedge- <laughs> well, like She walks away. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mermen somehow get out of John Goodman's heavily guarded hideout, out of the other dimension, aboard the ship with hot on it, and attack the UN members with white spray paint. Dahan, who had a feeling all this would happen, puts a harmonica in his mouth.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> From Phantom Menace. He figures out which spray paint club has Leeloo under it by its eyebrows and cuts her out using its knife
0: going after those mermen. No one steals a hedgehog from a U.N. meeting being held in the same room that also has the blonde corporal I'm going to marry in it and doesn't get chased by me inconclusively. (laughs) She's all. Uh, Yeah, Actually,
3: I still have the hedgehog in my purse here. I don't know what they think they're stealing. I think they got it mixed up with Wyatt Owen and stole him, which is weird since they're not similar in size, although otherwise, (laughs) yeah. But DeHaan's already smashing through walls and floors filled with a thousand different colors of blue CG.
0: After some more talking. Uh, I seem to be smashing my way through a thousand planets here. Are you sure this is the shortest way? Also, am I destroying these ecosystems by making all these holes?
3: Uh, something on, yes. Uh, also, sorry, I thought you said longest way. Sorry about that. Uh, now, jump through a wall that says 81 on it.
0: Okay. Me, me to you. I'm falling through space.
3: Oh, sorry. The CG was upside down. I meant smash through wall 18, which is actually right near me back here where you first cut me out of the spray paint. It's crazy, right? Hang on. Sending a spaceship. Suddenly, two ducks with elephant penises on their noses walk on screen. One 's all high, worth three carat the second one waits a couple of minutes then goes Kht. the third one 's all position the first one 's all as you say, exp. they all scowl at each other in annoyance. the red haired guy's all Lele, we just lost contact with Dehan in the red zone she 's all i 'm going after him, to hell with your orders he 's all i don 't want to lose both my best agents today, plus you and Dehan. the three duck elephants are all. Follow us to
0: the seek whale's brain.
3: Yeah, we'll get you this. They all scowl at each other. Ten minutes of CG later, <laughs> pulled my face out. <laughs> That's weird. Side of wet. Anyway, this jellyfish's ass just psychically told me that Dahan fell asleep near a pipe that has the number seventy-one on it. Unless it's upside down, like last time, in which case it's one out. <laughs> First duck's all. By the way, a black man disappeared a long time ago. Lizzie Kaplan's all. Period. The other two ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) For a year ago. (laughs) remember a joke. For a year ago. (laughs) Lulala somehow finds the pipe and kisses Dahan till until he vomits awake. (laughs) (coughs) Ha (coughs) ha, you rescued me. What an idiot. He turns away from her to watch CG onto himself. She's all, hey, look, butterflies. For some reason, she decides to touch one, which usually kills butterflies. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Dude, don't touch one or we'll lose 20 minutes of screen time to a pointless sub... He turns around to see her being whisked up by a big blob guy as bait with butterfly CG in the perpetual hope of betting someone dumb on a ledge below them for their king's dinner. Since Lee loses a girl, she forgets to fight back and is captured off screen and put in a basket carted off to a room where a blob woman shows her dresses and screams at her. Luckily, Dehan's a male, so he uses a gun to shoot the blobs he's hauled up by, then stares at the entrance to the blob encampment where Lelou's being held.
0: Huh. I could fight my way to her like I usually do, or just use my invisibility spray, or. He walks through a nearby gate next to a sign that says PG 13
3: Sexy CGville Planet, number <laughs> He wanders past vaguely titillation shaped, mostly off screen CG, till he finds Ethan Hawk wearing googly glasses. Ethan Hawksall, I might got a character in this, by the way.
0: I need to kill you and steal one of your whores because my girlfriend thought a butterfly was a fish hook. I mean,
3: <laughs> after a few minutes of awkward silence, Ethan Hawksall, well, I only have one dancer, but she's the best in the galaxy. Oh, and I have no other customers this way. He leads to the stage room and starts playing piano. A bunch of stuff on a stage with Rihanna, and CG happens. The Han eventually remembers why he's there, shoots Ethan
0: Hawke, and shakes Rihanna, going, Okay, turn normal again. No, not your natural form. I obviously meant black chick. She's all, You didn't like my performance? Well, yeah, the piano parts. Look, I need you to pretend to be a blob and somehow make me one also. Uh- and risk your life because my girlfriend thought a butterfly was a fish hook. If you do that, it might be able to get you a green card so you can prosty full time.
3: <laughs> my name's Bubble. You don't want to know why. Bubble somehow rearranges DeHaan's molecules and turns into a blob that walks unmolested into a throat room where Lorley is at the back of a line of people holding out trays of jello CG for the blob king to spit out. Leela's <laughs> wearing a giant white hat with a hole in it. When she gets to the front of the line, she looks at the king and goes, nice hat. Lo la, lala, It's me, City of a Thousand Planets. He starts sword fighting a bunch of the blobs instead of using his gun. Bubble promptly forgets they're fighting for their lives, turns into Dahad and tries to kiss Lulu. but in the background Lulu sees Dahad fighting a bunch of blobs so well there's no way that could be CG, so she punches <laughs> Bubble in the face. <laughs> <laughs> After a few minutes, Dahad does a signature move of falling into an off-screen pit in the floor. He, Bubble, and Lorlakes all land in a laundry room. Bubble's all, I think I was wounded in the fight. Leela's all, Really? That's weird. I'm pretty sure the only one the audience saw stabbing at you on screen was me. You also punched me in the face pretty hard. She coughs up some CG and decides to spend her final moments looking like Rihanna. She's all, Valerian, was my performance really good? While well, he tries to remember it, then to think of a diplomatic answer, she dies. They leave her remains there for sea scavengers, like DreamWorks, to pick clean and wander off. <laughs> Ten minutes later, a room full of CG mermen, one with the spears all. I am Emperor Voman's voice. My people <laughs> are pearls. And we also call these small marble sized MacGuffins that I think are our currency pearls also. But not our planet. That is called Mule for some reason. <laughs> Your Clive Owen just. Dis- <laughs> Your, Cl- Your Clive Owen, damn it! Killed the black man and destroyed our world so he could steal our hedgehogs, which I guess he forgot to do afterwards. <laughs> anyway, there we were in a bomb shelter, for some reason ignored by Clive Owen still, although even. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm in Valerian. Although we had made a bomb shelter, we did not know mathematics, only spear carrying and making hedgehogs upset. So we taught ourselves arithmetic, physics, we classic literature, and we studied those, uh also bud shop, home economics, and we got bored. And somehow we heard John Goodman had one of our hedgehogs somehow. So the rest is uh, incoherent.
0: <laughs> cool story. Uh, Clive Owen's oh, a dick. We'll punch him for you. Don't- Oh, excuse me, I'm taking your hedgehog with me. Sounds awesome. Don, wait, give them back the hedgehog. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Dark matter? Lula, I'm a soldier. That means every hedgehog is mine. <laughs> I'll have sex with you. Emperor Woman's voice here's your hedgehog back. I may want to borrow it Thursday. Uh Renlo and Xanax. My doctor's kind of being a dick lately about me knocking up his granddaughter. The Emperor smiles nobly. An interesting thing about that species is that when we die
3: in a nuclear blast, we stretch out our arms and send our souls 30 years
0: into the future to possess the nearest human sleeping on a fake beach. I wasn't sleeping. I was just resting my eyes. Why don't you bitches get off my back? Jesus.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The Emperor smiles. I think my daughter or girlfriend picked the right person's brain to zone out inside of. (laughs) Leela's all. Uh, Yeah, I'm the one who saved the hedgehog, saved Han, and just talked to Han and not killing all of you and taking it away. But yeah, I see why you didn't go with me. It's great. (laughs) Smart all of a sudden. Suddenly, a bunch of soldiers show up and put bombs all around the rainbow portal to the Merman room. So, <laughs> just going in it? Dumb. Some slow moving PG 13 robots get shot. Plybone gets arrested for being punched. Dehan and Lulegs wind up in an escape pod in the middle of space, freezing and starving to death triumphantly. And the Merman walk off screen. Dehan's all, Wow, I saved
0: the universe again! Boom! <laughs>
3: She's all, well, no, you reluctantly helped a handful of mer people not get ripped off by us twice because I nagged you. But good enough. Let's get married.
0: By the way, that one pearl those Merl losers wanted, look, I stole it to put on your engagement ring. So they're useless. <laughs> he holds up a ring with
3: the pearl glued onto it. Some words at the bottom of the screen are all, my dad told me to go with this ending. The end. <laughs> Oh, oh. oh, that's rough. Oh. I'm just getting in the spirit of it. <laughs> Valerian. Let's do this.
1: All right, Kelly Wan, today's your 3x3. Three three. Dingus is announcing oh. next week. So since I'll have nothing to do on this podcast, I'll go first here. Uh, my over and under are movies that someone in France thought would be a good idea, but after seeing the movie, I don't agree. My over... Actually, I'll go with my under first. My under oh. is is uh, Jules and Jim, uh, which is an old black <laughs> and white movie from the guy who made uh, that guy who was in Close Encounters. He did a lot of movies, and one called Jules and Jim, which I don't. It's whatever. It's like it's old, and black and white, and French, and it's two <laughs> dudes, and they like a girl, and it's just insufferable.
3: I would she rather. Mine, oh, huh? That's what oh,
1: oh, good. Lord, haha! Ha, you saw Jules and Jim, by the way. Yeah, I saw the theater. So <laughs> that's my under. I would rather watch this again. Than Jules and Jim. Mm-hmm. However, slightly another movie that someone in France thought would be a good idea, but after seeing the movie, I don't agree mm-hmm. that I would rather watch than this again. But I don't like it because I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, Alien Resurrection, which was made by that oh! city. That city That's of Los, my Damn it!
0: Uh,
1: wow. Well, I would rather watch Alien Resurrection again from the City of Lost Children director, because at least there's some kind of familiar alien stuff there and there's some intriguing ideas and there's the weird underwater stuff and uh you know I don't know but I, I it's it's a little bit less incoherent than this um so I'd rather watch that. Uh I don't I don't know what to make of this. I if this had been just 2 hours of Rihanna CG dancing and CG costume changing yeah. I would have been way better with that. That I that's that's enough to make a fellow want to see Battleship again. Uh, uh-huh. But that's Holla, the rest of the movie. I just yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, I actually one of the interesting things. Maybe we'll talk about this as a business decision decision. This movie's really weird uh, as far as the financing and the fact that uh, Europa Corp, which is Lucas on studio. I, I think it's going to sink them like they really he bet he bet the farm on fish? this and really? I don't think it's, it's going anywhere, I and mean, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first I want to know, what do you guys think of this movie? Uh, Kelly Wand, what's an over and an under, and what's your overall assessment of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets? Uh, my order, under we know is Alien Resurrection. Yeah, but the theme of the, my under was
3: movies about French CG. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But I like this more than Alien Resurrection, just because Alien Resurrection is supposed to be a fucking alien movie, and I can never forgive it for like ruining like I'll, like Alien Cubed. I'll don't take. Don't call it life. that. Just call it
1: Alien Three. It's please. a little small three up at the top. Ugh. Ugh, just Alien Three. Don't 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 dishonor David Fincher like that.
3: Well, there aren't the aliens. Wait, how are
1: you, you going to pronounce deleted. Seven
3: says Oh, see, see. If the L is a seven, it'll be a, <laughs> a
1: seven Alien. So you. You, you like this better than Alien Resurrection because yeah. you feel like Alien Resurrection betrayed the franchise.
3: And I think this is at least trying to be something I recognize. Well, as Alien Resurrection isn't scary, <laughs> it's supposed to be a fucking horror movie or an action movie. It's neither. It doesn't know what it is. And uh, it's very annoying and depressing. While well, as this at least is like, uh, there's a couple kind of cute shots in this movie. You have to sort of dig for them. It's very busy, but my over is Fifth Element, just because I I liked the characters in that a lot more. And I
1: think if – I would have liked this more. I would have liked its goofiness if I could latch onto the characters, but I couldn't. (sighs) Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Dingus, what's a movie that you like more than this, a movie you don't quite like as much, and what's your overall takeaway? Right, my under would be Ender's Game
2: Um, (laughs) because I – I think this movie is horrible and i really hated ender's game but i hated ender's game marginally more than i hated this movie
1: this movie doesn't it, 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 yeah there's no ace of butterworth butterworth butterfield what's his name butterfield butterfield yeah yeah
2: movie. you called him butterworth before i love that you name him after syrup <laughs> yeah it's That
3: she sees that kid and goes what <laughs> we don't
2: um, look like you at all but I think they have similarly terrible uh, choices for casting of a male lead. Um, so, yeah, I would choose Ender's Game for an under just because I would, uh, you know, going along with what Tom was saying, I would rather not watch Ender's Game ever again. Uh, I could see getting lured into watching this movie again marginally.
3: If you were uh, asked.
2: If I run acid or if my son really liked it and he's like, hey, can we watch this? I want to watch it think, with you, Dad. I, I want think, to see you know, your face while we watch it. I think uh, little kids would like this movie. I think it's sure. It's, it's busy. I mean, th- that's the thing about Luc Fesson's movie. I, I almost chose – I'm glad Haley Wan chose Fifth Element for his over because I almost did that. Uh, I watched it again this week. He is just so in love with being so totally busy for – and just throwing all kinds of just – Crap, 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 crap. Uh, without understanding why that crap in in the frame should have context, um, he will just throw anything into the frame. He exactly. doesn't care. He doesn't care about these things. Yeah, um, Fifth Element is really hard to watch for me. But you know, when we get to our listeners, you know, our listeners mainly are saying that this is no Fifth Element, and I agree, it's no Fifth Element. But I, uh, I, I thought. Given that people have constantly said over the years, "Fiddler the Element is so good. Oh, it's so good! I love it so much. But I just was wrong, having seen it in the theater and never liked it. Boy, I tried to watch it. I, I didn't try. I watched it again this week, and man, I just don't think it's a good movie at all.
3: It's gotten better for me every time I watched it. It seems Ugh. funnier and looser, and I, I get the. I don't have to worry about figuring out the plot. And Bruce Gary Willis Oldman is funny. Is
2: you are fired. Gary Oldman is horrible. The movie is full of crap, and those those creatures, the big rubbery-faced face creatures that he cannot help but dump into his movies uh, are just look like big rubbery-faced creatures. They don't look like anything real. I don't understand why he has to dump every creature in the galaxy into his movies and make them look like crap. He, he's just terrible at that. Anyway, the over – uh, and this is going to be a bit more over. It's not a closely bracketed, but I did not like this movie. Um, you guys both did. Uh, I would put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two over this movie, um, mainly because uh, when I was thinking of Ender's Game, I was thinking, well, "What was that other movie where they were, where everybody was uh, flying around and doing virtual shooting at people?" And it was Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that the the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, as opposed to the way James Gunn controls uh, nowhere, that skull, that ancient being's skull uh, in the first movie, he controls all of the busyness there. He understands how to control that and how to dole it out and how to make it um, It, context-specific. He he just makes things specific in that movie, and I think in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, he loses that specificity, and I think Luc Besson, that has no idea how to make these things specific, and that drives me nuts in this movie. It really, it really makes it a hard movie for me to watch. I really, I really couldn't stand this movie.
1: All right, so as a as a big, colorful science fiction movie, just dingus, you said there's very busy. There's a lot of stuff in it. There is. Uh, does it work for you? guys at all is just sort of a, a visual feast, just sit and look at the busy color and activity and CG. Dingus, it sounds like that did nothing for you.
2: It, no, it, I actually found it nauseating, and I didn't even have to watch it in three day. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it works as a visual feast, because I think it's more like um, it, it's more like you have a huge buffet of food and then you just dump it into a big bowl and mix it around, and here, eat everything. It's it, there's just not a there, there's not enough understanding of what delineation means or specificity or or making things uh, separate so that you can enjoy every little bit even in a little way it's just too much he he doesn't he 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 doesn't seem to care he just likes huge cities with canyons where people are falling and there's a bunch of things flying around and none of them mean anything and none of the creatures are going to mean anything either. I mean, there, there's, two, there's two things in this movie that I like. The creatures from Mole uh, and Rihanna. That's it.
1: <laughs> you you yeah. just like them because they remind you how much you loved Avatar. That's absolutely right. I, I you know, I, I'm
2: I'm enjoying that my time on the beach with them. I'm, I'm a little confused by this. Is this going to be the movie? What
1: movie? Yeah, is right. This? And,
2: and then we wind up on this couch where, uh, and I think Chris Markusson says this where, where uh, Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne are flopping each other around on the couch and saying lines that I don't believe a word of. And I, and all of a sudden I just want to. Every time that those two speak, I wanted to go back to the beach yeah. and not understand anything that was being said. I preferred that. And then, the, of course, the moment that Bumble gets killed, uh, Alexandra, who I saw this with, leaned over to me and said um, – and this is also something that Chris Webb says uh, in, a, in a different way. She says, oh, great. They killed the most interesting character in the movie. Great.
1: Right. It's true. Uh, Kelly Wan, did it work for you, though, as far as just sit back, watch crazy special effects?
3: Uh, I think I had some experience with the Dingus where I was I was kind of liking it till the, the talking started. Like so, like the stuff <laughs> on the beaches at the beginning. Oh, all right, if the whole movie is this, I can almost deal with it. Like this is an extended story about these mer people, and like the it's an unusual society, or and uh, then everything. I don't know. I mean, Dingus is a Dehan fan. What's that
1: French cartoon, like Fantastic Planet? Fantastic
3: Planet. I love Fantastic Planet. That's
1: what I was thinking, too, because I I hadn't seen – I knew – D- Dane DeHaan was in it. I hadn't seen any of the trailers, uh, so when it starts out with that Avatar planet, I was thinking, "Oh, is this going to be some weird French live-action Fantastic Planet kind of deal? Are we going to be here the whole time?" And I was a little yeah. dismayed when we weren't, and that you know, Dingus talks yeah. about non-specificity, where it just becomes all this just general snippets of alien culture and just stuff thrown together. Um, but I think I was a little more tolerant than you guys. Just of the spectacle of it partly because there's absolutely nothing else to it. And we'll talk about the actors mm. and the characters and the writing in a minute, but in w- with nothing else to enjoy or to latch onto, or that's kind of all there was, I did find myself watching it thinking, okay, that's kind of cool. And I guess that's all right. And I guess I kind of, sometimes that. Rihanna. Um, the, the Rihanna bit was amazing. I love yeah, that it bit. And it's, it's partly because you've come there's, there's so little leading up to it. Uh, you know when she comes on screen and does that and there's that 's the thing too is th- what makes that Rihanna bit work uh, is is her her charisma like rihanna is is a beautiful woman, and she knows how to seduce a camera you know she 's a performer mm. like that, and when you add that powerful human element to the imaginative stuff that Luke Besson is doing that 's a successful blend right there and it made me think, you know what if we didn 't have Dane de here. Could this have worked a little better <laughs> right like, so so that'd beyond a bit, I, I seriously love that, and I would have yeah. like, and i 'm not being the least bit facetious when I say if that had gone on way, way longer, I, I would have been okay with that, and I, like Alexandra, I really resented that she died so quickly. I thought they were going to yeah. make her part of the team and not just a kind of a, a brief cameo like that, but I did enjoy like I loved the character that that goofy dog thing that attacks the school bus. Uh-huh. Uh, I like the design of that and I loved his wily coyote death. Like I was like, okay, this is kind of cute and funny and just do things like this for me and I think I might be okay for the other, you know, 2 hours that are left of this. <laughs> uh and it didn't quite work out, but I did, you know, I've got a list of a few things that I thought were kind of cool that barring anything else in the movie being interesting, uh Kelly Wan, do you know the Mass Boy. Effect games?
3: Not really. So those really. Kator robots.
1: In a dead space. Yeah. Those Kator robots look like one of the races called the Geth in this series called Mass Effect, and I, I love the design of those robots. So stuff like that, I would latch on to and think, yeah, okay, it's kind of cool. Uh, so therefore, the only what, what I'm getting at is the only way this worked for me was as, hey, let's watch some crazy special effects and CG, uh, because nothing else worked for me uh, in this. So that was that was all I had that was all I could grab onto. I like there's the one shot where he's
3: smashing his way through all the places but you don't get a chance to really enjoy them and then also they're all really small it seems like except for the giant thing where he's falling. There's room for spaceships, so right away I was like, "Wait, this is supposed to be a, a thousand planets
1: of cultures and stuff." Well, they even and set it up like this is the one off to right. the south, this is the one off to the east, this is the one yeah. to the west, and then when he's going through, they're just like vertical slices that that are right, right next door to each other. And He's oh, running God. in a straight
3: line, even like he's not right. even like hey, I got to swim
1: down and then back up.
2: It's gonna be. I really hate that about this movie is that the, that uh, that so many of the lines for me are eye roll lines. I mean, they're a ton of eye roll lines in this and one of those is from the four corners of the universe really you've just bring us, brought us <laughs> to the big market which has a which is another dimension and you're going to use the term four corners of the universe mother effer come on come up with something more interesting than four corners of the universe honestly like the eight oh, or something. like the universe has four corners but oh we have a market with a different dimension to it honestly that's what you're going to do I think this movie's oh, god. The writing in this movie, I want to throttle it. So that, was, that was, that before was that, we move on, though, uh, uh, Chris Murkinson does have to ask that uh, – do you think that the Rihanna scene derails the momentum of the movie?
1: <laughs> in a good way. Okay. Well, yeah, that's assuming that there's momentum. I wouldn't say it had okay. much oh, very good. momentum. It felt
3: more alive than anything I'd seen up to that point. I was sitting, like paying attention to the screen and enjoying myself, and it felt like a movie.
1: I mean I do take – did, did Marketson like it, Dingus? Is, is he saying that like as if there was momentum to the movie?
2: No, no. He said it, his first line is, this is pretty awful. I think well, the only not- person who even slightly liked the movie was Chris Webb.
1: Because I I think it doesn't have momentum because there's nothing – there's no consistent moving point. It really is a problem. So uh, just fr- from the get go, as I'm watching this movie, I'm wondering, what is this movie about? You know, what, yeah. what was going yeah. on? It's like, like dingus with Spider-Man homecoming. What does he want? Like for dingus, that was a big issue. Why uh, should I care? For me, at watching this movie, I'm thinking, okay, well, what is this going to be about? When are we going to find out what this movie is about? And I actually had no idea it was from a comic book series until the credits. I am like, okay, well, that explains a lot because this felt like in the continuing adventures of this couple, we're supposed to have already care about them. Like this yeah. is another episode in their life. Yeah. And- I don't know that that was ever really clear as I was watching the movie. I thought it was going to be about something, and it wasn't. It was about these two characters, and the only distinguishing feature of them was that they liked one another. Kind of. And otherwise, like, I don't. Was there this message about colonialism? Was there something about multiculturalism? Was it about a MacGuffin? Because you can't have a MacGuffin chase without characters you care about in the first place. Uh, I never got the sense this movie was about anything. And without that, I don't know how you can have momentum. You know, if you want to do an adventure movie, that's great, but you've got to do something like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Make us care about whoa, who is this cool dude right here? I want to right. know more about him. I want to, you know, sh- show me cool things about him and make me care about what happens to him and then fold some relationships in there. You know, you've got to at least do some groundwork if you're just going to do a continuing adventures of kind of storyline. And this movie never did that groundwork. Uh, and it didn't help that poor Dane DeHaan so terribly miscast. Yeah, I like the guy. I, I, I really want to see the Gore Verbinski movie he just did called uh, Cure for Wellness. I think uh, I I loved him in Chronicle. I don't, you know, I don't know what he's doing with his career, but he was just terribly miscast in this. And I don't know. I don't want to blame him because And she's always miscast. I don't here's like the her. thing, though, Kelly Wand. I don't like her. She drives me freaking crazy. I kind of liked her in this. Wow.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's she's
2: amazing. Better she's that's better the
1: thing. than him. She's better than him. There's and that. She's got – so I'd like to do a good writing and bad writing with you guys in a little bit. But she's got a bit at the end, you know that, that sort of payoff monologue where she – convinces him to give them the hedgehog where she explains what love is, right? <laughs> it's cringe-worthy writing and bless her little English heart, Cara Delevingne had no idea it was bad writing. Right. She
2: yeah. no it goes all in. Her she does commit is, to it that's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So and it's she's terrible. all in throughout. I mean, whether she's doing like these these sighs and these eye rolls and just this overplaying these gestures, I mean, I, I don't think she knew how dumb the movie was and that's kind of important because the problem with him, he's described as a galaxy hopping bad boy right from the get go. Wow. Like that's uh-huh. the thing we're supposed to think, of. Chris Pratt. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? I'm thinking Chris Pratt, but he's not he's not pretty or handsome enough handsome enough to sort of carry that. Oh. Uh, he's got Dane DeHaan has this self aware cool. To him, and that's not what this role calls for. It calls for that charm that Chris Pratt has, or the celebrity wattage of Chris Evans or Ryan Reynolds or something, Mm -hmm. or even Brandon Fraser's oblivious swagger from the Mummy movies. He doesn't have any of that, and I like the kid, but it's it's not what the movie wanted him to be. He's not, and he couldn't be. And in her, she could. She was willing to try. She gave it a shot. And so I kind of enjoyed her in this because I was also prepared to just have her make my skin crawl because she normally does. But I kind of had fun watching her.
3: Yeah, it was her best role I've seen her in. Which isn't saying much, but I Uh agree with that.
1: But like getting back to
3: like uh, the the scene for me that destroyed the momentum was like when they meet the people and that the emperor does this whole long spiel, like this total dialogue info dump of stuff. We kind of already know because it would happen in the beginning of the movie. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's like all you get is these two white characters for the whole thing. Like the second Rihanna, is, she's out. Like it's supposed to be – it's called City of a Thousand Planets, and it opens with that multicultural – oh, look, all these different aliens it's going to be. But it's just about these two fuckwots. <laughs>
2: yeah, it really The is. aliens
3: already have been in it. It's fucked <laughs> up. And then, and then everyone defers to them too. Like the people just sit there and watch them argue over whether yeah. to give.
2: them.
3: What? <laughs> Why don't they just stab them and take the th- I know. <laughs> what? We- we want to we don't want to upset Dahan cuz he is a galaxy hopping
1: bad boy. It's like they're just waiting for them to finish talking. It's irritating. <laughs> it, it was really weird that he's like a major like a kid that young right. and I think one of the things going on is in the comics presumably the character's older and for whatever reason they cast younger actors here, I guess to sell it better. Uh but you you're really right Kelly. That's that's just ridiculous how much people defer to this this kid. kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He gets he's, too, he wants. he's too sad and adolescent to, to really carry that moment.
3: And at all. he's dumb, and she's like, and she gets captured. Like she's supposed to be the competent one, but she gets snaked by like the whole butterfly thing because she's an idiot. And then she doesn't try to break out of that room. Like, and, and what, all that has to happen so we can enjoy the Rihanna scene. But it's still, she's it still like, it makes them both like, like fools.
1: Like yeah, she's
3: just the terror yeah. of a king blob. Like that gets on top of her. If he hadn't shown up, that would have been her death. What?
0: whatever
2: one of the things I love that you brought up Tom is something that uh, one of Alexandra's theories is that she kept feeling like these were episodes that ended like oh this is the end of another episode right, right. They, like this was a mini series right but for her this just felt like a bunch of miniseries that we were made to sit in the theater to watch
1: well Dinkus like, I don't this I, feels
2: I like mean, a, this is the end of a mini this is the end of the okay and then, then this, this happens but there's no payoff yeah. okay I think
1: the the word is issues I mean because they're comic yeah, books I mean proper. I think it's different right. issue yeah yeah
2: right and when we realized at the end that this is a series of comic books her theory I think is right it. It uh, and and that's why I'm wondering about the casting is if they didn't originally think about this as being some sort of a miniseries that they could put up and then somebody said let's stitch it together and make it some sort of a big movie. Well,
1: <laughs> so, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's a it's a, a passion product for Luke project for Luc Basson who no. grew up with these comics in a way that. So I'm not the least bit surprised. This tanked in the U.S. There's no reason this would have done well. Uh, Nobody famous is in it. Nobody knows the actors. Nobody knows the comics. Uh, And it, it, it's so. Luc Besson has done very well with. He founded a a film studio called EuropaCorp. uh, You know, back in 2000 or so, and. They made bank on the the transporter movies, on the, the Taken movies. Uh, they have ah success- oh, the Taken movies. There's a Taken joke in this. They, they've uh, successfully really? exported this the, these kind of genre's action movies to to the U.S. and, and internationally. Uh, so this company, Luke, Luke Bisson himself, is a majority stake in this company. It's his. Like he owns most of the stock for this. He can do what he wants with it. Uh, and he. Put huge amounts of money into this, but he also there's a lot of tax subsidies that went into this. Uh, they were advanced a lot of money for foreign distri- distribution, uh, but he's basically putting EuropaCorp on the line, and they've already had some uh, issues. Uh, and he was really counting on this to be a hit, but I don't know why you would think that this would export export well, and certainly not in July. To the US. We now, saw this the week after Spider-Man, too. We're now, we're watching problem. this in the U.S. the weekend before it actually opens in France. So his, oh. his Hail Mary pass is, will this sell in France? And we don't know. As we're recording, I kinda, it won't sell as much as they need it to sell. Uh, but they had a lot of confidence in this. Kelly Wan, you mentioned this opening opposite Spider-Man. They intentionally held back from, a moving, it to, two, no, from moving it to August. Weeks. Nope, they, they, were, they were considering, you know, should we push this back to August when it's less crowded? And they had confidence. They're like, nope, we'll go up against Spider-Man. We'll go up against uh, Why? even Dunkirk. Like they knew that Dunkirk would be a, a, a big centerpiece. I guess they've thought, you know, a certain group of people would go see Dunkirk, and then the sci-fi fans would be bored of Spider-Man by now, and they would go see this. I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I really do think that it, it, this is, a if not the end, at least the, the mortal wounding of Luc Besson's own studio. Uh, which is just huh. really odd to me because I could have told you, I don't know anything about this stuff. And I could have told you, dude, nobody in America is going to see this. <laughs> this is not, they're nobody cares it. about these comic books. Yeah. are audience, there's just so many comic book
3: movies. Now you, you're not guaranteed to hit it anymore. Yeah. Like some of the comic movies don't even do that well.
1: And they're, they're not even distributing it here. Like the distributor here is a company called STX entertainment, which has been doing some little risky things here and there. And they made a deal with STX That is more beneficial to STX. Like they're they're losing money on on pushing this into America. Uh, So and the the comic movies are are doing well because everybody knows those
3: characters most except like Guardians of the Galaxy was an exception. Right, they either
1: know them or they know the brand. Like the brand has been established. There's no established brand here. It's just some weird European guy is bringing us a movie. Uh, you know, they even they specifically made it in English. Like, it's a, it's it's yeah. Lucas on making a movie yeah. with French money and deciding intentionally, well, we're going to do this with English actors, English-speaking actors in the English language so we can sell it in the U.S. Uh, but that
3: still would have been fine if, it's, if it had been, like, a more unique sensibility. Like, maybe that would have even helped it. But it's like, they're playing stereotypes. It's not a fun movie, and they're not fun characters. Like, to do this, like, Tom Holland just reinvented what Spider-Man was and, like, like oh, yeah, this is what the character should be and could be and dahan in this is he's just like a han solo clone
1: yeah 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 because that's the thing is i look at this and think this is what y- he's you know, telling us yeah. right right exactly the ba- ba- galaxy hopping bad boy is basically right. the on han solo's business card and nobody who hears that line doesn't think oh yeah han solo <laughs> and that's like, like not han 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 solo saying i'm a handsome
3: rogue who doesn't play by the rules." <laughs> like it's right. like him verbally telling you that yeah exactly. So
2: his name is dahan i mean what are you gonna do it's a cool name it's not a yeah. bad
1: name yeah dane Dehan, Dehan, I Han, like he's he's that's
3: an awesome name i yeah. want to like him I, th- I think he has an interesting look it's just he's. Mo- he always makes a movie i don't enjoy it's yeah. just by it's like
2: we, the we have a listener name we have a listener named justin d Hurd who wasn't a fan of the movie but he did not have the issues with dane Dehan that most people do he thought the movie was gorgeous, but the rest fell apart. But he did not have the problems with Dane Dawn. He was
1: okay with Dane Okay, okay. Yeah,
2: I, I did because I didn't believe that whole playlist bullshit. Because I don't believe that that dude has bedded that many women. Um, He's thirteen, or, I mean, and I think that in gar- <laughs> the thing He's is 13. Guardians of the Galaxy. The uh, the Jackson Pollock joke kind of puts that whole like that whole space rogue thing. That whole space rogue cliche to rest in a way and making a joke about it with a playlist that is brought up two other times in the movie. Yeah. Which which I think is a terrible, I don't know. It's not a joke. It's this weird relationship callback that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just kept thinking about how Chris Pratt in his ship was talking about, man, if you could look at this with the black light, it would look like a Jackson Pollock painting. I mean that, that thing, that, that I believe. I don't believe Dane DeHaan is that character. And I kept trying to think, like, what are the other people I would cast in this? I think you guys already talked about this, but uh, but Justin DeHaan didn't have as much problem with that.
1: You know where it where it worked for me in Guardians of the Galaxy before that Jackson Pollock line is the whole idea of show don't tell. Where when he's taking off from that planet and she <laughs> sticks her head out, he's going. I'm be honest with you, I forgot you were here. Like th- that <laughs> right. that little throwaway joke establishes. Oh, this guy gets laid a lot. He's a he's a, right. he's a ladies man. He didn't say I'm a galaxy hopping bad boy. Right. Like if we we <laughs> saw her, we saw, I think that it was even Doya Baird, wasn't it? Kelly Wand. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and
2: she's, and she's wearing yeah. his t shirt. She's clearly wearing one of his t shirts.
1: Yeah. Um, he forgets which your is really a
2: cool little touch.:
1: That's how cool he is.: Yeah, he doesn't have a list of like yearbook photos on that appear cGly on the wall, or headshots or whatever those were. Yeah, and his was in the closet, and he forgot that too. Oh, Kelly. is that a true story? <laughs> No, I'm pretending that that happened in the movie. Wait, in Dane DeHaan's closet or Chris Pratt's closet? Chris Pratt. Dane okay. Is a, okay. Dane DeHaan, That's the thing. he's supposed to be a bad boy, but he's proposing marriage at the first scene. I know.
3: Whoa, <laughs> oh, boy. Jesus. You are fucking cool. <laughs> That's what someone who falls in love with the first person they have sex with does. So you already lost me that you're a bad boy.
1: All right, what, I a char- what a nuts.
2: charmer when you say, I'm the best thing you're going to find on the market. I oh mean, you're such a charmer
1: what that, that might be how the french talk
2: oh
3: uh-huh. yeah, but you want your main character to say that in the first three minutes
1: and then go oh, i hope they get together i hope she sees the the, the awesomeness of him so i have he to is say pretty something. Cool. i i have not seen this movie i walked Uh-oh. in as rutger Hauer was talking and i was like That's... oh rutger, rutger Hauer's in this and then a title card said 400 years later <laughs> uh what did i miss so, Kelly Wan, it sounds like there's actually footage of the different countries of the world coming together and making a space station? Yeah, over the David Bowie song. of oh Major Tom. I'm going to have to check yeah. out this Valerian movie at some point. Uh, uh,
2: that, that this is something that Chris Markinson actually says he was kind of sucked in at the beginning, which you didn't see because of Space Odyssey being played. So I did hear the he, end of it, yeah. He said he was pretty... His spirits were high about that. But basically, Tom, what you missed is... Um, If you can imagine the International Space Station being up there and then things connecting to it, people shaking hands, and then something else connecting to it. Like Legos? Yeah, kind of like Legos. Uh, But it keeps going, and then 50 years later, and the first guy who was shaking hands is older now, and he's shaking hands with somebody else now. And then, oh, now, okay, people from uh, India or Pakistan are – and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then eventually – Aliens start showing up because it's, you know, 50 years later and 50 years later, and it gets, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger. as it, it, that that whole opening sequence is basically the International Space Station becoming this. Uh, and that's why that capsule thing that they that they wind up in is in the middle of the thing is because that's what the the first part of the movie was that that original that original thing that – and it's like this big uh, magnet that's drawing all of these races.
1: It sounds like a cool movie.
2: Yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? Doesn't it sound cool?
1: And then I will they say – And then push for birth and say, go into the Magellan. See you later. Right, I did see that part. Yeah, and Rutger Howard says goodbye, and then he's not in the movie anymore. Yep. Uh, if you want to have your David Bowie in a movie like this, it really should be Moon Age Daydream. But – Gardens of the Galaxy got there first. Yeah, uh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there is there any political point in this movie? Oh, I was hoping you'd say this. I wanted you and Dingus to argue. Clive Owens right? They need to use it because they need the oil. Wait, why am why are Dingus and I going to argue? Which what? side is which side of this will Dingus be on? Because well, you run that, that gives Kelly dude. a little
2: vacation whenever we right. are.
1: That's what, what I like. Yeah, I like to check out just listen to you guys play tennis past me. Uh, do you fine. think which one of us do you think is pro Clive Owen and which one is anti Clive Owen? You're
3: pro because you're this you're the secret conservative. Correct. Yeah. You got me there. And you were also on Team Iron Man, so you're the authoritarian. Right. Competitor. Right. Right. because here's and... the
1: thing, he he shoots the fusion missile at the enemy ship. He doesn't right. like genocide. He's not like he's bombing the planet. He shoots at the enemy ship, probably with the understanding, okay, the ship's going to crash into the planet and kill everyone. But he's winning the battle. It's called collateral damage. It would be the equivalent of the United <laughs> States deciding, whoa, whoa, we're not going to fight World War II. There might be civilians living in the villages in Europe. Whoa, let's drop the moon on Russia. We're not going to do that. <laughs> we're we're not we're not fighting World War II. Uh huh. So. I was Wait. definitely pro Clive Owen. I don't understand what he did wrong. Are you
2: serious right now?
1: Me or Kelly Wan. <laughs> You. I don't think he's serious. I wish he was, though. <laughs> no, I am serious. What are you talking about?
3: First off, Clive Owen was in their heads. It was a hallucination because they felt guilty about
2: uh, getting bitten by a werewolf. He's not really. First of all, Clive Owen's idea of. Uh, a soldier will always choose death before humiliation oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a terrible perversion of the law. That's what a
1: soldier does. difference
2: between I'm humiliation not, and dishonor, I'm, right, I'm not
1: defending anybody's dialogue or narrative choices. <laughs> I'm just talking about as a political statement. <laughs> Wait, are, are you
3: serious? I thought you were fucking around. I'm no, completely serious. Ah. Totally, uh, no, can't be.
1: No, no. I'm completely serious. He did not it's shoot dangerous. missiles at the planet. He shot – he was fighting a battle. He used a weapon uh, in the battle to win the battle. Why is and he, he fighting like, I would – I I well, actually, that, that I don't know. I'm just assuming and you know, he co- it was, And
2: then he covered was, up that he did it. it. Now, uh, the a the man of honor would have said, look, you know what? We destroyed this race. Uh, oops. I'll take my lumps. Right, he's, right, a, a, he's a right. dick who, who, did, who not only created a genocide but then covered it up.
1: You know, just up, one I, I'm not defending the cover-up, but I'm defending his <laughs> choice in the battle. And I'm defending too the movie passing judgment on him as committing genocide when okay. it's collateral damage. It's a space level combat. You know, we wipe out a small village in Europe because we're taking it from the Nazis. That's not, you know, we're not genociding the village. It's colla- there's a word for it. You know, when 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 you fight a war. There are casualties amongst the civilians, and that's been the way right. it's worked in the twentieth century. But that's because we're going there because the
3: Nazis are there, though. In this Clive, Owen, there are no Nazis. Clive Owen's big. Well, who Nazi. Are, no, no. Who are we no. fighting? What was that big alien? He's no, fighting. The, he's taking the merman's
1: stuff. I thought that's why he was there. That's Tell why. One, the, have he's... you seen this movie, no, no, no. in a Thousand Planets*? Because I should explain to you what actually happened. He's fighting a battle against presumably. I don't know, it's space Nazis or who. We're assuming yeah. he's a good guy and they're bad guys that he's fighting. He's right, fighting yeah. these big ships, and the big mothership looked like a, a badminton birdie, uh, and it crashed into the planet. Right?
2: Huh. He needs to take responsibility for that. No, 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 I agree with you. Defend. I agree with you. Again,
1: I'm, the cover up, I don't defend. The cover ups would always get you. Just ask, yeah, as Christian, sure. ask Trump, ask Donald Jr., ask Richard Nixon. It's the cover up that gets you. But yeah. I'm not talking about the cover up. I'm talking about the initial decision. When we find out how evil he is, I'm thinking, no, he didn't do anything wrong.
2: He did everything wrong after the fact because right, he's right. covering everything up, and that right. I think that that says more about his character and his decisions leading up to that. But uh, but you you might be right that they that he thought. That the planet was uninhabited? That's
1: no, 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 no. I, I, no, even – by the way, even if the, the black guy had told him, which he did, hey, there's a sentient race down there, he still did the right thing trying to win the battle. <laughs> Why is he having the battle there right next to that planet? Can that's the thing we don't explore? understand, Kelly. We don't know, but yeah. I'm, trusting it was, I'm trusting it was for a good reason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but everything he does after the fact uh, that i'm afraid
1: right, right, they've got to make him yeah. a bad guy and you're so right dingus about that line this is what i was this you've already ruined good writing bad writing because i was going to ask you guys <laughs> sorry on good writing bad writing a soldier will always choose death over humiliation that's not what soldiers do no baby. that's not like, what they do here's the thing if he had been some specific soldier like an arcturian commando level five always chooses humiliation over death, that's fine. That would be okay writing. But to just use the generic term soldier, no. Soldiers do not always choose humiliation over death. That made no sense. That was dumb. Yeah, weird, right? yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Over right.
3: Uh, so I – Also, he's like a dick from the get-go. Like, does Luke Besson know that we're going to know he's the villain if he's, like, always snarling at the heroes and, All like right. – acting Here, like he's just, got something to hide. Right. Like, David Thewlis is, is camouflaged in Wonder Woman. Like, there's at least one step involved. Like, oh, Here's he's of, gonna wear the stupid armor.
1: One of the few things I liked in this, well, w- w- one of the casting things I liked in this is the guy who plays the general. His name is Sam Spruel. If you guys saw Sam Castle, he's the commander in that as well. And he's got, he's, he's very official looking, and he looks very British, and he's got bad skin, like Robert Davi, mm-hmm. so you're, he's always gonna be a villain. He's not a villain in this. I kinda liked that. I kinda Kind of like that the main general guy, who you think, oh, he's going to be a villain, that he wasn't a villain. He was a good guy. I like that. That guy – you mean the guy who
2: actually releases the tortured alien?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. His name is Sam Spruill. He plays – I like him. Mander in Sandcastle, Uh, and he's he's been in a million things. You've definitely seen him before.
2: Oh, Um, yeah. I really liked him, and and what I was hoping was that there was going to be some sort of payoff because we understand that their race – releases their soul to the next person that they can find who's worthy and he's he's releasing that person and and then oh, right, that guy right. releases his soul and i thought oh well now that soul is in inside the general and that's going to pay off but now
1: it's so random too the soul just goes light years and light years away and just hits someone like that was well th- there's a
2: guy right <laughs> in the room who is releasing you right now yeah, yeah
1: exactly so Give this guy <laughs> just
2: pop your soul into him and then have him help everybody, because I, I really liked the guy, and I thought, well, now that we know that the soul winds up inside you, like in you know Star Trek three, The Search for Spock, oh. your soul just gets popped into somebody else's body for a while until it gets randomly released. Well, then clearly this general has the soul of that dude in him,
1: and that's going to pay off, but nope. Dingus, did you like that Kelly Wand thought that there was a bomb shelter on this planet? <laughs> one, <laughs> that was a crashed spaceship. <laughs> Why does it get destroyed when the planet blows up? Because it's a spaceship. Uh, it's well, okay with being in space.
2: Speaking of that, how does how does the um, converter even get off the planet? Please explain that to me. Yeah.
1: Well, those also survive space explosions. How does
2: how does well, that one converter mean, get off the planet. planet? How does how does and the John MacGuffin? How does the MacGuffin get off the planet?
1: And uh, out of there, right? Uh, it stows away on the spaceship. And like, none of them know, nope, and it dude, when winds they land up on, somehow at the big right. market. When they land on Alpha City, it scampers away and gets away before they can stop it. <laughs> it
2: does not scamper.
1: It does. It scampers away, and they chase it, and <laughs> that scene was deleted from the movie. We didn't get to see that, but trust me, that's what happened.
2: I defy (laughs) anyone
1: to actually
2: answer that question. The MacGuffin never gets off the planet. There's no way for that to happen.
1: It's like the footage in uh, that. uh, Oh, shoot. What was that? Apollo Apollo 18, 14, 18. Ah. Right, right, right. Like, how does that exist? (laughs) This movie should not be happening.
3: (laughs) Ah. What about how Luke Besson, when he's in a in a fight or chase sequence, he ends it with someone seeing a pit in the floor? and then jumping through it. That's like him that's like a writing thing like it's not even a metaphor. It's like uh how do we get him out of this uh <laughs> <just> <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
1: blah. <laughs> Well even the the logistics cuz I was kind of enjoying okay what are you going to do with this three this this virtual reality market thing, right? Like I was kind of looking uh, forward to what are we going to do with the logistics here? But once he falls through the floors like mm. we've established that the physical space of this market is just a big open stretch of desert. When he falls through the ground, yeah, is there a big, hollow underground cavern under there? Weak imagination. Because, yeah, he's moving vertically. Uh, How is that being represented? Because it shows him falling down a manhole. I I guess that's similar to what you're talking about in the real – space in the real physical space he goes down a manhole but then he's swinging on ropes and stuff and going all over the place and he's making other things drop through the ground uh how does that reconcile to that space in the desert where he is that made no sense to me and that would be the payoff
3: is them watching him do all this weird shit right, them, right. wait okay so he's on another level like instead he just
2: cuts to him on the sand well it's multi-dimensional i mean that's the whole thing about the market i mean it's a multi-dimensional space
1: Right, but so if he has to he fall – if he falls vertically in the physical space, when he's falling vertically through the multidimensional space, all of that vertical movement through the virtual space is being replicated physically? Or not?
2: I think so, because when he's running over like trucks at one point, he's running over different things in the same space.
1: So mm-hmm. Dingus, think, you think that it's hollow underneath that desert? There's a big open cavern down there. I think – haha ha, you're we, having to
0: we,
2: defend we,
1: valerian <laughs>
2: without- i know we're, we're thinking i think that your pattern denotes three-dimensional thinking
1: see thank you dingus thank you very uh,
2: much.
1: sick bird <laughs> i also hate it when you have a character remembering something and she remembers it as footage from the movie we've been watching
3: yeah, the same lighting and same angle. Right,
1: right. It's like when somebody looks through a telescope okay. at something, and they, we're just seeing a scene from the movie earlier. No, that's not how people see things. That's how we, the audience, see it. Cara Delevingne's memories in the memory jellyfish—they're memories of us watching Valerian in the city of a thousand <laughs> right. planets. It should so, be yeah. a memory of
3: us watching it, like she sees us <laughs> in the audience. Going, yeah, then that's when Kelly I
1: yawned. Think. Right. <laughs> Does the oh. pearl transcend space? Because he picks up the pearl – oh, no, I guess he pulls it through his little arm thing, right? How does he get yeah, the pearl? Thing? Okay, he pulls it back in. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that part adds up. So,
2: so Markinson wants to know that the aliens had animals on their planets that pooped power beads. That's yeah. what happens, right? The little creature eats something and then poops out like twice its mass in beads.
1: It could have been popping off the sides of it. I don't know it was just poop. Could have been side poop? Like porcupine porcupine like Yeah, like porcupine quills,
3: but pearls. But then it opens with the the mom going, what do you want to do today? And then she goes, let's give it back. Like, they can make the choice to do that.
2: (laughs) What do you mean?
1: I think they do it, like, didn't they say in... in, They do it three uh, times a year. Yeah, in woman, woman, emperor, man's voice exposition, they say, yeah, we do this a certain number of times. I kept
2: thinking that was Galadriel's voice, by the way, whenever that emperor was talking. Why did (laughs) Um, those... I was so things- bored with the movie by that point, I was like, is that Galadriel talking?
1: <laughs> yeah. Spears. Um, they brought the spears with them to the meeting. Case. Why did those things look like Maasai tribesmen?
2: Who? So so that they could do a like racist uh a racist statement at the end and say, Oh, because they're savages Um and they can so. make it a, they can make it into sort of that kind of thing.
1: Now actually I I I, I am only being a little facetious. I, I so. France has quite the history with colonialism in uh, in Africa. It's a history that you know the, the British don't necessarily have, certainly like there in Kenya. But, but France, uh, and France is a colonial power, really screwed up. Like you could watch this movie and think it's about American guilt for how we treated Native Americans and stuff. But I think that it's it's trenchant that this is a French-made movie and the victims look like Maasai tribesmen because of France's history in in Africa. Uh, oh. Uh, In Algeria, even more recently. But France's colonial past, they've got plenty to feel guilty about. Uh, And a lot of it is specifically in Africa. So it it was interesting to me that they very much looked like Maasai tribesmen with their shaved heads, with how thin they were, their body types even, and the beads they were wearing. Uh, That was really on the nose. Also, when they say, uh, okay, you killed – are people don't, don't at one point they mention that six million others were killed on the planet? Oh, did they? Did I make that up? That I'm pretty sure. Know. Yeah, because six I don't million. When, that. Yeah, when you say the number six million, that's evoking yeah. a very specific thing. That is not a neutral. Yeah, let's just come up with a number. Six million is a it's a touchstone. It's you know, and when you also say things about learning to forgive and forget, uh, like I, how I really much a Bionic
3: Man costs to make. <laughs> Okay,
1: what were you saying? That is true, <laughs> Kelly. Wand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Brilliant I really Adams. do. I, I do think that somewhere down the line, I don't know if it's something that Luc Basson was doing or that it's something in the comics. That there's there's definitely a political point about France's uh, colonial history somewhere in this, either the source material or buried in this
3: movie. Uh, I don't know. Well, remember in Fifth Element when Lilu is. Uh, learning English by going through the dictionary, and she gets all the way to the W's before she sees the word war, and she goes,
1: "What? <laughs> we we go to Vietnam would have been right yeah. before the W. She just I don't know. France or <laughs> genocide, Holocaust. Is it H? H
2: oh. bomb? Yeah, murder, torture. <laughs> did you guys catch the the Taken joke? I mean, I didn't realize that this this was done by people who did it. Taken.
1: Well, it's the, it's the studio. like It's EuropaCorp Finance. I'm sure Luke Besson produced Taken, but uh, what, what's the Taken joke?
2: It's um, when uh, the uh, – I think it's the John Goodman character says, I'll find you, Agent Valerian. Wherever you are in the universe, I'll find you, and I will kill you. And then he says, good luck.
1: Huh. Uh, he doesn't find him by the way. <laughs> that nope. goes nowhere. There's, there's no <laughs> prom On empty promises. Yeah, I yeah. really thought, okay, the big John Goodman thing is gonna show up at some point. And nope, he's AWOL. <laughs> he, he sends want. the dog
2: after him. Um which by the way, this is another one of the there's a there were a couple of great Alexandra moments in this movie. But when that dog like gets brushed off the ship and falls to earth it, you know, and Alexandra is a cat and a bird person. She's not really a dog person. When the dog starts falling to earth, she was like, uh huh <laughs> she was not happy with that.
1: Well, I know he's, he have, he's cute. It. I liked that little guy, and he had the little shred of her dress that he ripped. I liked that little yeah. guy. I I, 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 I hope I, he gets a spinoff movie.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he didn't seem that bummed. He's like, oh, this is going to hurt a little bit.
1: <laughs> he probably <laughs> could bounce back that. from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, he went through. It's just like Richard Keel in a uh, Moonraker, right? Mm-hmm. When he he lands wow. on a circus tent after that uh, that parachute chase, he's right. fine. Uh huh. He gets a long period. Yeah. How do you guys
2: feel about uh, Ethan Hawke's cameo? Because Justin oh. D. Heard loved Ethan Hawke's cameo. <laughs> yeah, and he me. says, about halfway through, I could have sworn it was Mark McGrath.
1: <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that a sports thing? Who's Mark McGrath?
3: He's the guy from Friday's. No, wait. What?
1: What's Friday's?
3: The restaurant? No, the Saturday Night Live show. I think thinking of Mark Blankfield.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I figured out pretty quickly it was Ethan Hawke, and I felt shrinking mad. woman. Really? Yeah. He seemed fine to me. I could have been anybody though. He's
3: out in the movie.
2: Bitch. Mark McGrath was the lead singer of this band named Sugar Ray back in, back in a long time ago. Uh, and I, as soon as Justin Heard wrote that, I started giggling because uh, Justin uh, is right. Uh, Ethan Hawke does kind of look like Mark McGrath when he comes right. out in these. Did yeah, you I like this cameo? I, I felt bad for him No, I don't think it's a cameo by the way, and Justin, this is not a cameo. he's playing a small part
1: yeah, I would agree, yeah, I think so uh, I that, hey. and plus you know we got once Rihanna shows up, everything kind of gets uh, crazy it gets crazy, but she sort of, She's the Chris Tucker.
3: yeah, then you and re- you were kind of bummed. the rest of the movie happened.
1: I can't believe they just killed her so quickly. That was so weird, just so quickly and arbitrarily. Yeah, she doesn't even get like you don't even know what killed
3: her. Like that's not even covered. Like just something
2: we don't yeah. know. You guys survived that whole fall down the garbage chute, which they do a number of like I don't. I have a bad feeling about this Star Wars line.
3: Yeah, no, he starts it,
2: and I've then the, it's not turning then, out or something. Then we jump into a garbage chute and ha ha garbage chute. And then they're fine. They just tumble down. And then she gets killed. Why would well, you she do that? She does
1: explain that she thinks she was wounded in the fight. So oh, we'll in say. the fight. Yeah, all so right. it all comes. It's it's legit, Dengus. It's a war wound. It's a battle wound. People get hurt during those things. All right. Although she has a power that seemed to make her immune to knife wounds,
2: I thought. But okay. All right. We have one more uh, thought of, from uh, one of our listeners. It's a guy named uh, Rob Favre. And uh, he said the movie is a mess. Uh, he does have high hopes for the uh, Opsis, though. Oh, but I don't know. He, and as with Rob, as with uh, with uh, our other listeners, he's a big fan of The Fifth Element. And he went into Valerian with high hopes. And he really wanted to like it. Tom, do you remember the last time you even saw Fifth Element?
1: Oh, God, not for years. I mean, that's not my bag. Uh, I, right. I, 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 I'm not... I'm not... Luke Besson doesn't do much for me. I mean, that's one of the reasons that Lucy I really liked so much, is it's just atypical yeah. of his stuff. Uh, He's a little too dumb. Like, that's.
3: Well, I like him, but I just wish he was a
2: little crispier. He, he does this weird, obvious thing with theme, where he just, sta- he just blatantly states the theme. Like, at the end of this, there's this, it's about love. And then there are things in. In, that's his uh, family. In Lucy and, so- and Fifth Element, and even in Leon, I think, that are about, like, it, it's not about time, it's about love. It's not about love, it's about time, or whatever. He has these things where he just states his theme right up, um, which I don't know if that's a French thing or what, but it's really <laughs> annoying.
1: They do like their love. Did you guys hear uh, Cara Delevingne's English accent slip? yeah. How about Why that? don't
2: they just let her speak in her regular accent? Why can't she just do that? Because we're dingus, not in space. Then,
1: then she wouldn't fit with uh, with Dame Dahan. It would make no sense. Think is someone with an English accent and someone with an American accent working together. That's never happened. He would propose <laughs> to her if he couldn't understand what she was saying. Yeah, she says. <laughs> she she saying, says, and I had to write this down because again, the English can't wanker. do it. Just hello, England. Just learn the word anything. She says, did you not learn anything? Like, learn to say any, England. Come on, how hard can it be? I just did it. Any. Come on.
2: Why are they, Uh, daft? Chris Webb actually really liked her, too, by the way. He calls her the model with the eyebrows. Uh, (laughs) Kara, the model with the eyebrows, Delavigne. He said she was certainly involved in some bad moments, but I almost always thought, immediately, Luke, what the fuck are you doing? I blame the director. (laughs) I thought, oh, he says, I thought Dane DeHaan and... Elsem Anglorp-level obnoxious.
1: Oh. Uh, oh, oh you know awesome. what his name is? His name is Anal Elbow. I don't know why people have an issue with that. The guy from Baby Driver. Uh, uh, but at least Dane DeHaan, though. Like, Dane DeHaan is a good actor. Like, Dane DeHaan... Yeah. He knows what he's doing, and you give him appropriate material, and he'll do it. Uh, He's just not appropriate for this. Anal elbow is not good for anything. That guy's terrible in everything he's in. He's not a good actor. You know what? I'll give him this. He can kind of dance. There. That's all I'll say. It's
3: not a dance movie.
1: I confess. I thought –
2: she was one of the girls from Neon Demon for most of the movie. Oh,
3: dingus,
1: what? Oh, no, Dingus Which, what? No, did not. Yeah, you remember one? eyebrows from Neon Demon? You remember Abby Lee and Bella Heathcote? Which one did you think it was, or did you think it was the pretty Fanning?
2: I don't No, I didn't think it was the Fanning. I thought it was one of the creepy ones that ate the
1: eyeball or something. I don't know. They have but names, Dingus. They're women with names. You should you should respect that about them. Yeah, Neon Demon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They're <sighs> not just a pair of tits.
0: One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees, that I'm in between countin'. One, two, three, Peter Puddin', every getin' down with three feet, everybody else old
1: So I was gonna do good writing, bad writing, but I don't think there's enough... There were a couple of... Here's the... Th- well... <laughs> There were a couple of things that I was going to defend, but now I don't want to. <laughs> like lines, <laughs> <laughs> especially after Dingus made fun of it. I kind of like that. I want only your name on my playlist because I thought that was kind of sweet and affectionate. It's like it's like a millennial Hallmark card.
2: No, I li- I did like it too, but oh, okay. then it doesn't
1: pay off, good and he's not worthy of it. That's he doesn't earn that line. One. Okay, here's the other one that I thought was I was going to say was good writing. Uh, We know how your species works, but you don't know how women work. Cow. Uh, You think that's good writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Because the idea is that women are distinct from different species. They're They're so different from men that they might as well be a different species. Yeah, I like that bit. I like that bit of writing.
2: There's a similar line in Spider-Man Homecoming about, like, you don't know how girls work. No, because he does know how girls work. Uh, he's
1: he's a, he's a Galaxy Hopping bad boy, Spider-Man. Yeah.
2: yeah. Spider-Man he just doesn't is. need to
1: explain it. Yeah.
2: They don't because they're ducks. He doesn't have a playlist yet. He's still building it.
1: Here's the other thing, speaking of playlists, that I like. Uh, what kind of music do you like? Techno? Macro? Nano? Bio? I'm more into retro. <sighs> I was okay with that. Because it's basically – it's a bunch of sci-fi gobbledygook. They're spinning out like, hey, these are the kinds of music in the future. And he brings it back with retro. He he brings it home. He brings it to something familiar. And then we get to see uh, Riri dancing. All right, Kelly Wand. speaking of Rihanna, what's this week's 3x3? Oh, it's it's so good. It's so good.
3: It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. It's so good. This topic, so fucking good. Oh my god! Uh, three best ringtones in movies. Huh? I I kept getting letters. That, when are you gonna do ringtones? And I'm like, ah, Thursday. So today's <laughs> Thursday, I think. So here we are. You're welcome.
1: Dingus, you get to start us Internet. off. What's uh what's, what's your third favorite ringtone in a movie? I'm gonna be in jail for like all three of mine. You're gonna arrest yourself? Yeah. You're not gonna like pardon yourself. If your I trust
3: myself, do I? You can't, If I do it, I don't have to pardon myself. What's like, What did they say? Nixon Trump. Nixon Frost Trump. Why would Why
1: would you disgrace Nixon that way? I'm sorry. It's a very soft. different thing. Yeah. Tricky Dick.
2: All right, my third favorite ringtone in a movie. Uh, here's a quote from it: "Curvy paint and tile plus in Westgate." That doesn't rhyme.
1: Do Lord it over. of over the rings. Uh, Battle of Five Armors.
2: Hey, Ghostbusters? Rushmore. No. Kirby Paint and Tile Plus in Westgate is from a movie called <laughs> Jurassic Park 3.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh. See what you did, uh, one, And this is the, uh, the theme song from their little shop. Uh, and it's uh, the ringtone on the dad's cell phone, the dad being Paul Kirby, of course. And this line is said by Trevor Morgan, who is Eric Kirby, uh, because as he's walking through the, the jungle um, with uh, Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neal, uh, <laughs> they're they're walking, trying to find his parents, and all of a sudden he's like, wait, listen. And then they hear this. Da, 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 da.
1: Oh, and, and it's like, in a big old. It's in a big old bunch of dinosaur poo, right? The nope. cell phone. Oh. Uh, uh,
2: and then he he runs. He's like, that, "Dad, that's where Dad and Mom are." And he goes running, and Sam Grant and uh, and Alan Grant's like, what, "How do you know?" And he's like, "It's Kirby Paint and Tile Plus and Westgroat. So he's running out, and he runs over, and he finds his parents. Um, who are on the other side of this huge fence, like from the first movie, but of course, and this is the third movie. And he's like, "Dad, I found you!" And they're they they they're reunited. And uh, and Dad, uh, William H Macy, uh, is all like, "How did you find us?" It's like I heard your cell phone ringing. I heard your satellite phone. I heard that ringtone. He's like, "I don't have that. I I gave it to uh, Nash." Nash was, the, I think, the pilot of the plane, one of the mercenaries he hired. And uh, Nash got eaten by the Spinosaurus, and then they hear it again, and they turn around, and there's a Spinosaurus, and it's clear yeah. that yeah. the satellite phone is in the spinosaurus belly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's like when in uh, in Skull Island, when that thing ate the flashbulb.
2: Right. Oh, exactly yeah, the that. same thing. Yeah, iconic. Uh, and so they turn and they hear the same ringtone. I think it's like, da, 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 da. and it's the it's their little it's their jingle for their local commercials for Kirby Paint and Tile Plus and in Westgate. And um, and so that's my third favorite.
1: My third favorite ringtone in a movie, uh, and it's actually the ringtone is just a generic. I think it's like a Nokia ringtone or something, but it's. Uh, When Neo has just gotten a FedEx delivery, (laughs) and he opens it up, and the moment he opens it up, it's a call from Morpheus. And the thing I like about this is that Morpheus uses FedEx because it's not – they didn't – the Wachowski brothers didn't have to come up with some fake like you know, Postal Express. They didn't have to make up a company. They used actual FedEx, and that's what Morpheus uses to deliver cell phones to people like Neo when he's rescuing them from their, their body pods or whatever uh so the what moment he opens it up it rings and it's just like a regular you know oh, okay so it's just a ring it's just a regular one but it's the it's the timing of the ringtone that i appreciate yeah All right. uh, wait wait that's am i okay like dingus's was good well, am i in, in i was jail? trying to use like
2: things that were actual song like like songs or tones but i, I mean i can understand that
1: well it's ringing and it's making a tone
2: yeah, but it I thought Kelly theme. Watt was going for, like, a tune. Yeah,
3: I was. Like, I thought of that one, and then when I watched the scene, I go, well, that's not a very memorable
1: ringtone, so... Well, there aren't any memorable ringtones in movies. Oh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excuse well, what do you got? What's your third favorite ringtone in a movie? That's your Give defender. me an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me an example of one that's memorable. Because Dingus, I think, has come up with the only one. No, I got almost three. All right, what do you got? I <laughs> got almost
3: three. Uh... In, this, in my number three one, in the motion picture of Close Encounters of the Third Kind... Uh-oh.
1: There's, first of all, ringtones oh, good
2: in... good lord. Okay.
3: 1977
1: you ringtones. Tones. That's right. Oh,
2: you Wait, freak that's dudes. the
1: thing.
3: It, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. When, they're, when they're torturing Melinda Dillon, uh, they're making her... Uh, what's her name? Who's the lady in it? It's not Terry Gar. It's
1: Melinda Dillon. No, but who's torturing Melinda Dillon?
3: The aliens. So the aliens are torturing her they're making they're making her they're making her, uh, her screws come out and they're doing shit with the refrigerator
1: that's not torture yeah. do you know what torture means well they're <laughs> acting tortured she's like, like ah! you should watch
2: Valerian to figure out what torture is they're, that's a good point.
1: they're scaring her what's the difference it's the same word almost. so so basically is Halloween a violation of my civil rights <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, the movie or the holiday
1: <laughs> <laughs> either actually i'll take either <laughs> like on halloween when i'm scared i'm not being tortured when i watch the witch i'm not being tortured but if you prank call someone repeatedly you're torturing them not scaring them you're annoying them. all right so, so the aliens, aliens all right so you're saying so when the aliens are terrorizing or torturing melinda dylan wh- where's this ringtone come in also they're not trying to scare her are they because well, why would- I mean, they could be a little more subtle. Like, What's the ringtone? Oh,
3: OK. So then one of the things they do to torture her is her, <laughs> her wall phone, the receiver comes off of it. And then in the uh, – you can hear it coming from the phone. Do-do-do-do-do. do 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 Like the Close Encounters.
1: So that's, that's a dial tone. That's the dial no, tone. It's their
3: ringtone. And that's what the whole movie's about is they're teaching us their ringtone. But
1: the phone like, is like, off you... the hook. How is it a ringtone if the phone is off the hook? It's not are a they- ringtone.
3: Yeah, it is. It's the alien's ringtone. If you call the aliens on their
1: phone, it makes that <laughs> sound. And that's what they're trying to teach her. Good freaking lord.
2: Oh, Am ringtone. I the only one who did this topic?
1: Wait, you- so are they torturing her or are they teaching her?
3: Both. It's the same. <sighs> it's like scare torture. Scare, teach, and torture are all euphemisms for each other. Uh,
1: you know my whole problem with that scene When that when that scene opens, when Barry looks up talking about something important, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) when Barry looks out the window, there's Spielberg leaves a shot in there where you can see camera shadow. I'm outraged at that. You can also see the dead cops
3: where the cops die. chasing. They don't die.
1: They don't die. (sighs) But if you're gonna if you're gonna use CG to improve movies like ET, get uh-huh. that camera shadow out of the frame when Barry is looking out the window. You know the camera moves in on Barry, and right there, I think it's on the right side of the frame. Camera shadow. Way to go, Spielberg. Way to be an amateur. Do you think ET has a friend named CG that stands for something? Dingus, <laughs> what's your second yeah, favorite? Stigas stands for ring
3: Go top? Home. <laughs> Stingus is upset that my industry right, was C- so
1: thoughtful. How does CG stand for Go Home? Is that in like in Spanish or something? Casa Go?
3: Yeah, Casa Go. Casa Go. (laughs) That's what aliens are saying. That's that's they're torturing her teacher of the
2: ringtone. Yeah. (laughs) Number three.
1: Okay. Uh, At least one one of mine one of mine is a serious good pick. I'm just saying is. Yeah, you'll see. Here's the thing. Awesome. We didn't know about ringtones, but the aliens did because they
3: exist outside time. So they knew they were trying to go, this is going to be the future going to be like, do, 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 do. That's our ringtone. Remember, it 30 years. Tell it to the judge. What? Oh. It's a ringtone. <laughs> Dingus, thoughts on your number two?
2: My God. number two. Here's a quote from it. Who taught you math? Uh,
3: Tom, but do your number two.
0: Gotcha.
2: We, tie you your is, we know what that's from. Yeah. This is from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, as you uh, referenced earlier when you were uh, guessing uh, a list of movies. Um and this is uh Gay Perry's ringtone and it's I will survive. And it happens <laughs> um uh the moment when uh Robert Downey Jr. shoots the guy in the head accidentally, well, sort of accidentally uh, playing Russian roulette. It's like, who taught you math? And then
1: uh, Who do, taught do, do, Russian?
2: Do, 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 do. So you hear uh, the first strains of I Will Survive and he pulls out his phone and he finds out that oh, <laughs> well, as it turns out Harmony's fine. Oops. <laughs> Sorry you shot that guy in the head. Uh, uh, I just love that there's so many cell phones, and it was so hard for this. It was really difficult for me to do this in this movie because cell phones are used constantly. But Harry's are just they're just rings. Uh, but I thought there were going to be ring tones in it. and I thought for sure there was a ring tone, and it wasn't until that moment where uh, Gay Perry gets that call after uh, Harry shoots the guy that it's uh, I will survive.
1: Dingus, when does Gay Perry say, and I apologize if they're children for what I'm about to say, they're children listening. When does Gay Perry say that he is knee deep in pussy?
2: He says that at the beginning when um, uh, when they first meet and they're at their party. And uh, he says, you know, oh, you know, that, yeah, that was my nickname, but, you know, that was just at the time. And he's like, oh, you're not gay anymore? He's like, no, no, I'm not gay anymore. <laughs> I'm knee deep in pussy now. <laughs> but I just like, I like keeping the nickname.
1: Whatever became of Val Kilmer? Uh, Who knows? Batman Forever? Uh, No, he's been in some crappy – he's in a horror movie I think where he – he's a global warming denier who kidnaps people and locks them in a sauna till they die. I think that's (gasps) an actual movie. It's called something like 175 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's something with global warming. But that's the kind of movie he that he's a
3: denier, in. and that's his
1: way of proving he's right. I think I've, I'm going to have to see it again. He's in that horrible Francis Ford Coppola thing called <laughs> Twist, where he plays like a, a hor He plays Stephen King basically. Did you guys see that? No. Uh-oh. Oh God! Uh, twist. Twix. Twist. No, twist. Twist. Like be twist. Twist. Yeah. It's about a. And candy. I, I think. It's, I think it's the pretty Fanning and not the talented one. Uh, I think okay. L Fanning is in it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, but anyway. what's her whole first name? Kelly Wand, I'd like to tell you about my second favorite ringtone in a movie,
3: hmm.
1: especially because I think I'm going to get in trouble.
2: Uh, well, okay. I accepted Dingus' is number two, just for the record.
1: Okay. No, no, thanks, thanks
2: for off. accepting an actual ringtone. Yeah. I appreciate hey, that. Hey, don't sass.
1: All right, come back here. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> thing is, you just citation. See, thing is, here, you need to be deferential to the police. I agree. Yeah. Make it shot. Here, thing is, here's how you get away with stuff with the cops. I'll show you this. So, there's a movie. Do you it's guys show know?
0: Leave there's,
1: there's a movie set in Iceland, and in this movie, there's a couple that has gone to Iceland for a vacation, right? And while they're there, everybody in the world just vanishes. Like that. They're all gone. So they're stuck in Iceland. They don't have any way to get back to the States. They're Americans, of course. Uh, fortunately, it's as like the whole the, world's Iceland now, as the well, except not as pretty uh, as oh. the dude explains, because he knows this stuff. She's all like, well, why is the power on? You know, why does the Internet still work? Why, why are our cell phones still working? And the dude's like, oh, yeah, I read about this uh, geothermal generators. They'll they'll run this island forever. We've we've got power to deal with. So basically they're stuck in Iceland for the rest of their lives. It's just there's no one there. And you think about what places this could happen to you. That's not a bad choice. Iceland is lovely. And there are quaint little towns in it apparently, as you would guess from this movie. The problem with this movie is that the two people who are the last people in the world, super annoying. And I'm talking like Dane DeHaan, Cara Delevingne annoying. (laughs) Uh, Now, unfortunately, one of them, I really like the actress. Uh, Her name is Maka Monroe. We know her from The Guest, follows. I love that actress, but she's kind of annoying in this movie. She's a self-obsessed millennial, and her boyfriend who is there is an actor named Matt O'Leary, who folks remember him as uh, Brain, the little kid in uh, Brick who was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sidekick. Uh, oh. As a little kid, this guy was precocious. He was great, but then he grew up, and now he's this kind of brooding 20-something who's kind of full of himself in a very anal-elbow kind of way, like the guy in Baby Driver. That uh, was atrocious. He's <laughs> super annoying. So Matt O'Leary and Macon Monroe, the last two people in the world, nobody else is in the world, and you have to have this whole movie with them as the only people left alive in the world in Iceland. Yeah. Uh, now the movie is called uh, Boki, B O K E H, and I'm watching the movie thinking, okay, it's going to be like some Icelandic demon or god or something. There's going to be some mythology from Iceland that explains how all of this happened, right? And its name is Boki. So the movie's going, and the last people on the earth, and you know all these like, oh, what if you're the last guy on the earth? Kind of stuff happens. They go shopping. It's a lot of fun to get whatever you want. They go into a big house. It's really nice. They decide to live there. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they have they have discussions every now and then. Why is this happening? It's kind of angsty stuff. <laughs> At the end, if you're gonna see if you're gonna see Boki, <laughs> just fast forward real quick. I'm gonna spoil it. At the end of Boki, something happens that makes her lose hope, and she's just like, "Forget it. I'm gonna go kill myself." And she goes and drowns herself, Ophelia like, like she's dead. And Matt O'Leary goes and he finds her body, and he's very sad. And the movie ends with three minutes of his face in the car as he's driving away. It's a three-minute shot. You're looking at Matt O'Leary. He's in Is this a
3: Vincent Gallo movie?
1: It's like that. I mean it's basically it's – like, the thing is, is the guys who made it I think obviously were very fond of Iceland. Uh, they had this existential end of the world <laughs> script they wanted that to that through the windshield in these last three minutes. Very beautiful. Yeah. It's three. It's it's and, and the, the, fortunately the credits are rolling so you can read while you're watching him. So it's not it could be worse.
2: <laughs> is it better or worse than the end of Michael Clayton?
1: It's worse because at least Clooney is handsome. You know, I can stare at Clooney. Oh. Even in face. I'm like, oh, he's a pretty man. I can appreciate that as a heterosexual male. I'm OK. Oh, with. That. Keep it up. Jackie Brown, by the way, the end of Jackie Brown is Jackie Brown driving away, and she's singing that song about up on 110th Street. Like that's on the radio, and she's singing. Yeah. Awesome. I'll watch that. For, <sighs> you know what? I'd give Quentin Tarantino another 30 minutes of footage of just that. I'd be okay with that. Watching yeah, Pam yeah. Rear driving along singing on the radio. Yeah, do it. Give me more of that. Matt O'Leary looking sad. No, I don't need more than five seconds of that. Not interested. So five anyway. Seconds. The movie's called Boki, and it's ended to this, and it has never told you is Boki an Icelandic demon or something. You don't know. It does nothing to explain what the title means. So, I Googled it. I was like, okay, what's the, what's the Boki? <laughs> it turns out that Boki is a photography term, and his character trait in the movie is that he's an artsy photographer, and he's taking. Oh. So whatever Boki is, it's something to do with like your focus adjustment or something. Right. That's the point. It's of like the
3: calling movie. it fatog
1: or paparazzi. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. about apocalypse. So anyway, here's the ringtone from Boki, and it forces Mako Monroe to commit suicide. Because here's the deal: the world, it's everybody's left. They they find out, you know, they're like, "Hey, why, where's everybody in town? Nobody's in town. Nobody's." These manning- people are annoying. Let's leave. Is that what happens? Well, no, no, because they're, they're, they're the only ones there. What do you mean, that let's leave? They well, can't like leave. everyone went – yeah, but they found those Oh, right, 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 right. Like the, they all went, okay. let's go to another place. Very let's good, everyone. Right. So you might wonder that. You might be watching this movie thinking, oh, everybody's as annoyed with them as I are. They left. So here's the deal, as I am. Here's the deal. They, they get on the internet. And they access, like, uh, like like Vatican cam, like, uh, you know, like, uh, <laughs> train platform cameras. And there's nobody anywhere else in the world they see through these cameras. So it's not – so basically, if that's the case, Kelly Wand, then people left the planet Earth. Like, they left the entire planet. They were so annoyed by this couple. So is Vatican
3: cam a real thing, A? And, yeah. B, did they start at the Vatican, like – well, let's check the Vatican first, and then <laughs> where the
2: we're at. The first
1: thing they checked was a train platform, I think, in London. Okay. Uh, a... So then I think the second thing they checked why... was is the Vatican.
2: Yeah. Okay. Why, why bother with Times Square?
1: Yeah. One train station in the Vatican. <laughs> Probably in, in this movie, they didn't have the rights for Times Square, I'm guessing. Who knows? Vatican. So at any rate, the Internet's still working. It's just there's no one out there. Their phones work. She's constantly calling her mom, and it goes to voicemail. So, part way through are the, there part animals? Um, that's a good question. No, there aren't. Either that You there's like, no nobody... access. A... Go ahead. Well, either that or nobody in Iceland has a pet. But what 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 could you do? Right.
2: You can access a lot of like animal cams. Like like there are different people who have cams about their animals or oh, here's a couple of ospreys who are laying eggs. Let's see Wait. what they're up to.
1: Yeah, I don't know if animals vanished. I think there were birds still. I don't think Animals Vanished. It's just there weren't – they didn't cast many of them in this movie, I believe.
3: Why <laughs> was not it be called Vatican? Shouldn't it be called
1: Vatican? <laughs> Kelly Wan, if there's one thing the Catholic Church has been, never been very good at, it's uh, marketing Vatican. and PR. That's a good point. I, they ignore all my emails when I <laughs>
3: offer my services.
1: All right, so here's the thing with Boki. You've been
3: watching
1: this movie for like an hour and 15 minutes. Nobody's in the world, but the internet still works. So Mecca Monroe is up like doing dishes one morning, and she's got her computer out. And the computer makes that little, ding, that little noise <laughs> that it makes when you get an email.
3: Uh huh. Like the aliens when they call you at those <laughs> counters.
1: No, because it's just one little tone, and and it it's worked <laughs> subconsciously into all of our minds. The moment you hear that, you, you check to see if you've got a message on your iPhone. It's a it's a it's an Apple thing. Or you oh You check right. to see because that's in your. It's like a brain worm. It's subconscious. It's like a it's a Pavlovian reflex. Like oh, who's emailing me? Right. So she eats this, and she's like, oh my God, there's someone still in the world. Someone sent me an email, and she's super apprehensive, Yeah, like, what's going to happen? And she goes over, and she sits down, and the camera shows us she's moving the cursor down to click on the thing where there's the little number, the one, showing she's got a message, and she clicks on it. And it's just some photograph that her douchey boyfriend sent her a long time ago that, for whatever reason, has taken this long to get through.
3: Uh, that's such a weak – it's yeah. even a late red herring. They could have yeah. gone oh, – no, it's Lord, Vatican been, calling with this discount on your next – It would have been
2: better, better to get like uh, – I'm sorry. I'm out of the office for the next 12 weeks, so I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, but it but it caused your, – Your favorite ring – your second favorite ringtone is
1: that? Yeah, because it causes her to commit suicide. It's then. not a ringtone, you guys. <sighs> Kelly won't cover me on this, Defender. I can't me. believe this is happening. Well, maybe –
3: It's as much a ringtone as my number three, so I'm going to allow it. Yeah, it's a tone. Of course you're going to allow it. You're
1: not a cop. It's a tone that indicates to your ears that someone is is trying to contact you. It doesn't technically have to be a ring. It doesn't have to be a bell involved. It's the same thematic concept. Yeah. No, it's not. (laughs) It's like uh, when
3: an oven
2: timer tells you it's ready. That's the ring. It's you know dingus, see, yeah, bo- my my third one is the when my computer starts up and Windows goes because my computer <laughs> is ringing <laughs> what's, what's me to wrong? let me know it's coming on. That's computer my number wrong. one, Windows.
1: B o k e h, see bo-key, and then I defy you to disagree with oh, me.
2: I've already got my number one, Windows. It
1: makes, it makes suicide. All right, Kelly, Juan, What's your second? Also,
2: pick? the lady this in red. This is my reward for Apple.
1: working hard.
2: Dingus. <laughs> the spring, Apple baby. thing. The lady in red. Plum. That's my number one. A. Okay.
3: You know there's a million listener submissions and I wanna see if they play the dingus way or the
1: Tom way. No, wait, Wait do you get to my number one? It's awesome. You'll see. You guys are both gonna be going, Oh yeah, rats. Why didn't I Yeah, rats. Oh, okay. Ding. Tom or Dingus won't
3: mind my other two. The third the the close encounters one's a bit of a reach, but my other two are normal. What do right. you got? It. Yeah, number two in Ted. Uh Mark Wahlberg's in his car with the Indian girl, and he goes, I can't find my phone. Why don't you call me? And so <coughs> she calls him, and then the Imperial March from Empire Strikes Back plays, because it's the ringtone for when she calls. <laughs> and then she's all, what is that? That's, he's all, oh, nothing. She's all, that sounds kind of negative. That's what it plays when I call? And he goes, no, it's from the notebook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember that, yeah.
2: I don't. I never saw that movie. That's awesome. It's a pretty good joke. So that's my number two. <laughs> All
1: right, did see? See, that's a
2: ringtone. that's perfect because I actually you have to admit that I had that actual ringtone for my mother for a while.
3: Really? Because they're not going to recognize it. A girl's not going to know what Empire Strikes Back sounds
2: like. Well, the girl's not going to be in the room when she's calling. So it doesn't matter. Oh, you just go? It's my favorite movie. What? Oh, uh, That's true. It doesn't matter if your mom's not going to be in the room when
3: she's calling you. Well, she's in the car with him in the scene, so he knew she was going to hear that, but he had the notebook planned.
2: Why is she calling him from the same he room?
1: Know, he doesn't know where his phone is. It's not he can't a find his phone. It's in the car. No, I... it's, a lo- it's a logistical
3: situation. Right. But although maybe that's not a ringtone either because it's not his ringtone... For when you call him, it's like her ringtone from her
2: to him.
1: Why are you talk, trying to talk Dingus out of accepting your answer? Yeah, I just well, want to make sure.
2: Okay, I love I love this one because I used to use it as well for my own mother, and I I, I love my mother very much. But I did like having the Imperial Death March for when she would call me.
3: <laughs> I just have the psycho music for my mom. <laughs> I love her too. I just think it's funny. See? Like a voice. I don't actually think she's crazy. It just it seems funny to me that that would be my choice. So I laugh at how funny I am. See? Not at how crazy mentally is unstable. Uh, 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 we can uh,
2: fix this in post. Mom, don't listen do, to this. Do I need to see the movie, Ted?
3: No, it's not all that good. <laughs> all right. Notice that this. Notice that Ted's not in this scene. It's two humans. It's all right. It's better than the western one. If you're gonna go with oh, uh, the eight
2: million ways to die in the west thing.
3: Yeah, it's better yeah. than that. But that. Where's Tom? Did he die? No, or no, I'm he, here. I'm yeah, just here. thoughtfully processing what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, psycho, your mom. Interesting. I don't I don't have a cell phone. I can't participate in this. I mean mine doesn't do I don't think I can have it do ringtones. It's just phone. Yeah. I got a. I got around
3: with that one for a long time. And now all I do is lose them. Pretty interesting, huh guys?
2: <laughs> all right, What's here's true? uh here's a quote from my number one choice for a ringtone. Uh, and this is the first one I thought about when you brought up this topic. And it gave me an opportunity to watch this movie, which I've been intending to do for the last three weeks and only watched in its entirety now.
1: Oh, I know what you topic. picked. It's the same as my number one pick, I bet. I doubt it. Yep.
2: Um, there it is. Zoe, come talk to your father.
1: Mm, I don't remember when they say that in this movie.
2: All right. So this is from the movie Lost in Translation. Um, and it takes forever for the springtone to show up in the movie Lost in Translation. And it's when uh, Bob is is in this huge uh, bathtub in his hotel room and his wife calls. And um, as far as I can tell from the research I've tried to do, uh, the ringtone that's playing is um, Chopin's uh, fantasy impromptu in C sharp minor, Opus 16. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right about that. I don't know if I have the right um, information.
1: Who's the composer? Who, what are you saying is the composer's name? Chopin. Oh, Chopin. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it pronounced Chopin? Just call him Frederick. I believe it's C flat. <laughs> Chopin. And everything else sounded legit.
2: I, I thought it would be Chopin because it's A- C-H-O-P-I-N. I didn't think it would be Chopin.
1: It's also Van Gogh.
2: Van Gogh, Van Gogh. like an Arab she spoke. So It's, <laughs> it's also Rembrandt.
1: Did you notice in uh, Valerian, the prince, or the city, the whatever, uh, they they reference Rimbaud and Verlaine
0: when, yeah. the, when poetry uh, comes
1: up. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are so understand. French. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's their. Of course, it's France when they named when they It's talk a starter, about Hugo. Yeah, they don't go with like Blake or anything like yeah, that. It's Kafka. no Rimbaud and Verlaine.
2: Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, it's, it's Chopin's um, Fantasy Impromptu <laughs> in C minor, Opus sixty six, uh, and what I love about it is uh, it's just got this weird, <says> and he's lying in this tub of water. Um, and it's this call from his wife. They they're obviously having difficult difficulties. She's been sending him uh, samples for what he's going to use for carpet in his study, and he's choosing the burgundy. And um, and she's dealing with all the stuff back at home. Meanwhile, he's having a day off and going off and partying with Scarlett Johansson. And I just love the the him in that tub and the way that. That ringtone just totally interrupts the silence. I love the interruption of silence of that. I, I love the, 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 that that's the ringtone that he's chosen for his phone, whether in general or just for his wife.
1: I honestly can't tell what bit of classical music you're trying to replicate by going. Do, 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 do. It's Pavarotti singing. <laughs> and, you know,
2: it's me. It's me being Pavarotti, yeah. Uh, I mean, that could like, be anything. You know,
1: that could be anything yeah. when you go. Loo, 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 loo. <laughs> I don't know what's what uh, <laughs> Sprock. Well, I do not <laughs>
2: memorize. I didn't memorize the song to be able to sing it for you. <laughs> uh, but it. But it. But I'm, what I'm trying to replicate is the um, is the rhythm or the the speed of it, right. uh, because he's in this moment where he's in this tub and he's languid, and his wife is dealing with everything back home and all of the difficulties that you know having the having the kid and 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 trying to corral everything back home well he's taking a day off but he's earning money for them back home by doing this but he happens to have time off to do this and he's just hanging out in the tub and this phone rings and it's this I'm right. super fast, <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm <laughs> that was even worse again.
1: thing is you, you do you know, I tried to I tried now to now do it and I got
2: criticized for it. So I'm not going to bother. <laughs> you? A, you don't a, like classical music. Fuck off. <laughs> it's just the rhythm of it that 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 disrupts it's the simulates the, the it's this specific ringtone that I think is right. really, really great for that. That particular scene.
1: So now you guys can make fun of me because now let me try to replicate the ringtone from my number one pick, which I was sure you guys were going to choose. It's not a composer famous, but it's this ringtone. I'm sure it's specific to a type of phone. It might even be iPhones. I don't know. But it goes like this. Do 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 right? Halloween. Except, no, except. Oh, it does sound like Halloween when I do it. Except it's like it's like hollow bamboo sticks banging together. Do 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 do. I don't know. It's a normal cell phone ring, right? Okay. Do 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 uh-huh. Kind of, right, right, right. It's like something you'd hear out in, in on, the, ...on the Savannah. So this is, yep. uh, and it's what Dingus is talking about too the interruption. Uh, the last bars of What a Waste of a Lovely Night, which is a musical bit in uh, La La Land, have just played, and what's about to become an actual kiss is interrupted by Emma Stone's phone ringing. Yes. And Damien Chazelle shoots it as if. The notes that do 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 do, whatever, if there's the notes of the cell phone's <laughs> ringtone, they, they follow directly from the ending of the song. And actually, if you listen to the La La Land recording, whenever I hear uh, What a Waste of a Lovely Night ending, I mentally provide that little uh, cell phone tone. Because they're going to kiss at that point, by the way. It's come that far along. They've run into each other several times. They do that sort of magical dance number together. They're totally into one another. There's going to be a kiss, but oops, it's her boyfriend calling. She's got a boyfriend that's going to make things a little awkward. And so she goes on her way, and she finds her phone after that. Uh, But it's that interruption. And it's it's Verizon or something. I'm sure it's some licensed ringtone that a phone company has.
3: And that's his ringtone. It's like, oh, he's the standard Verizon ringtone. Right, exactly, exactly. Ryan Gosling's ringtone is a car horde.
1: Oh, isn't it, though? <laughs> it's quite a car horn. <laughs> Kelly Wanda, what's your favorite... That's obviously your number one pick, but you're probably going to change it because you feel a little sheepish about picking the same thing that I picked?
3: Uh, I feel sheepish, but not about that.
1: <laughs> All right, what's something that's better than the uh, <laughs> Imperial March and Ted?
3: Okay, an Iron Man, the first one... His ringtone, he gets a call from Rody and you hear this ringtone? Like 8-bit, like super old school. Beep, 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 beep.
1: You know what that's supposed to be? I have No, I don't think any of us is really good at replicating ringtones with our mouths. What, what was yours supposed to be? I don't know. It's supposed What's, to be the theme
3: song from the 1966 cartoon Iron Man. And the lyrics were like this. <clears throat> Tony Stark makes you feel. He's a cool exec with a heart of steel. As Iron Man all jets ablaze. He's fighting and smiting with repulsor rays. Amazing armor, that's Iron Man. A blazing power, that's Iron Man. Wow.
2: Fuck you, Chopin. All right, I think uh, <laughs> it's chopping. <laughs> I think Kelly wins this round, Tom.
1: I say so. So, Rhodey calls Iron Man, and Rhodey's ringtone, like Tony Stark, is oh. when, when Rhodey calls me, it's going to well, be the soundtrack. You. Oh, I see. So, it's not specific to Rhodey, it's right. just anytime he gets a call. I say.
3: Although, it is a little weird that it's from a 1966 cartoon show, and he just became Iron Man <laughs> in 2008 in the storyline. Right. So he's he's got a ringtone from a cartoon from a different universe on his but phone. But this is
2: specifically in the first movie.
3: Yeah, Iron Man 1. That's what All I right. call it. Oh, The New Hope Iron Man. <laughs> the one with James Caan. <laughs> <Khan. laughs> what? The, uh, I'm just trying to think of where the trilogy... The one with uh, Peter Cushing. <laughs> is
1: that <laughs> the last one? What do the listeners have for their favorite ringtones? I'm sure there's a lot of these to get through. What are you trying to say? That we're going to be here for a while.
3: Keith Leith writes... Hello, will you accept these charges? Number three, the unanswered phone <laughs> and Bring the Boys Back Home and Pink Floyd the Wall. I'm now in the third stage of appreciation of this album. First childhood, this is amazing. A little older, this is preposterous and whiny. Why do all these rockers keep going on about World War II? Third stage, because it was a cataclysmic and traumatic shock to an entire population. That's why. It's a crumb of comfort that those who survive the coming wars and climate change extinction event will get a few good rock operas
1: out of it. Obviously, Keith Lee's is British. I mean, that's what it is, if you're a Brit. But it's the same in America. It's like, what's this big deal about? What, what does Roger Waters care about these English guys going off to fight? What do they care about the Falkland Wars? <laughs> Please. But it's, that's not a ringtone. He's being British. Uh, you're, oh, you're really? So the wall doesn't count? Oh, well, hold on. Okay, tell me if these count.
3: Number two, the seductive, persuasive tone of the one ring in The Lord of the Rings.
1: Dingus, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Dingus has uh, coming out of his ears right now.
3: How's close encounters look now, bitch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the unusual
3: resilience of hobbits to ring tones suggests they'd be ineffective if asked to work as receptionists. In fact, it would pretty much include all office roles.
1: Wait, hobbits are immune to the ring?
3: Well, they're not immune. Frodo right, cracked, and Bilbo yeah. cracked. Yeah, so Bilbo's into a little demon. Yeah. But they are, they're able to hold up better. Like, it, it fucks up Boromir instantly, while Frodo can make it through to the third book without losing too much. And Bilbo hung onto it for decades. He just he brought it out of parties.
0: All
3: right. Did he do that at every party? Number one... The giant phone answered by General Streck in top secret during the prison breakout, upon which someone shouts at him in German. They left already, you stupid asshole. The viewer is tricked as it sounds like a normal-sized phone. Pip-pip, Keith (laughs) Leith. Yep, he's British. See? I called it. See, a ringtone and just a phone ringing?
2: (sighs) Dingus? No.
3: Alexander (laughs) Burns.
2: phone ringing. That's not
3: that's a fine. Hey Bong Bong. This is just for you, Kelly. Thanks for the abundant topic, Wand. Due to an upcoming drug test for pre-employment and therefore abstaining from one of my favorite movie companions, here's a couple stems and seeds for you all. Dude, you gotta drink a lot of water is my advice to you, and it stays in your system for like months. It's fucking that's why you gotta go back to you gotta do crack if it's like a job interview. Number three pineapple express right before seth roger witnesses a murder by a pretty lady cop he receives a call from his high school girlfriend of course the ringtone is Doctor green thub i personally can't listen to Cyper till anymore but found this humorous sometimes. See, that's a good one that is a good one yeah that's good number two smiley face did you see this movie it's, no uh, anna, anna Ferris. After accidentally eating twelve of her roommate's magic cupcakes, Anna Ferris attempts to make up for a mistake by remaking them. Her cell phone rings to the tune of some carnival music. She picks the phone up, but her boyfriend breaks up with her. The smoke detector goes off because of the weed and butter she carelessly threw on the skillet's burning. So she freaks out and throws the phone at the detector, which breaks both. The carnival music <laughs> is so appropriate for the clownish behavior.
2: Uh, Number
3: one, The Big Lebowski. Wait, he wrote three again. The Big Lebowski, the dude is not having a good day. They failed the drop-off of a million. Now the dude's car is missing with all the money still in the trunk. The three of them stare off in the bowling parking lot, and that huge mobile phone starts ringing once again. The dude begins to walk home. Donnie, hey, dude, your phone's ringing. Dude, without looking back. Thank you, Donnie. (laughs) ringtone itself isn't great, but the timing's perfect.
1: Uh, At the beginning of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Worlds, uh, when they're they're wrestling around in that hollow beach room, uh, and they do the little... Business with the drink, where they'll switch the drink, and one of them will have it, and then he flips her over and grabs the drink, and they're not spilling it. It, it all going through my head the whole time was that scene in Big Lebowski where he's like, "Careful, man! There's a beverage here," because they're doing the thing with the beverage and not <laughs> right. spilling it. It's like, wow, that's really good. Good, good choreography. Nice, nice. You know, like drink choreography. There, I haven't seen that since uh, that level of drink choreography since Big Lebowski. You don't think he improvised it? The careful man, there's a beverage here? No, Dahan and... Uh, oh, no, right. Yeah, I'm sure it comes naturally to them. This is their spies. That's how... that's their foreplay. But then they don't drink it. They may as well have spilled it. Anyway. Well, does it doesn't really, even exist. It's in a, a hollow. It's a, it's a virtual drink. It doesn't exist. Dingus, does it exist? You're the science.
3: Hypothnutes. I, I,
0: I, I hate... I want to kill all of you. Chris
1: Kelly, device. wand it exists as much as the ghost, where uh, <laughs> exists in uh, American Werewolf in London. <laughs> okay. Do the wolves exist that
3: Dracula hears in Dracula, or are those in his head?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dracula's not crazy. Werewolves are. John Landis has, He's, has taught us. But if we're, their vampires are crazy. crazy. John Landis has taught us, Kelly, wand if nothing else, that vampires are unreli- I mean, that werewolves are unreliable narrators. Right. But
3: wait, the mad scientist Frankenstein, he's crazy, so is the monster in his head. No, well, he's a reliable
1: narrator. No, he's not. He's nuts. No, but he's uh, a reliable I... narrator. Okay. That's he doesn't see things that aren't there. He doesn't imagine. He doesn't like he know, he's a scientist. You know, if you're crazy and you're a scientist, you don't blur the line between reality and fantasy. You still use science to, you know, explain things. You're not like subjectively imagining stuff. Your madness isn't blurring the line between reality and, and fantasy. Scientists can put a hand can keep a handle on their insanity. Werewolves not so much. In hand the city. All
3: right. Chris I
1: guess I won Braley, that argument.
3: Right. Sweet. I win. See, if you're, so if your friend dies, your guilt makes you go makes Griffith Dudd go, "Hey, I'm a I'm an undead being that will walk the earth till you kill yourself. Right. <laughs> okay. Unless Chris you're a
1: scientist. If, you, if, if David Naughton has been a scientist, none of this would have happened.
3: That's true. The scientist has never been turned into a werewolf, although they're probably the first ones that would want to be. Right. Yeah. Chris Braley writes Wow, the 3x3 seemed like it supplied a very limited amount of films. I'm fairly certain all these have been selected, but here are my picks. Number one, Crank. I How thought of a- this one too. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If no one mentioned this yet or the warped sounding ringtone, I'd be very happy to send you each a copy of this over the top action movie. I kinda remember it. It's just like it's just this drone. It's like peep. It's like, I don't remember it. I remember it, but I forget I don't know how to do it without sounding like I'm just making random noises like I usually do. <laughs> Number two. Confessions of a shopaholic. Haha, ha, you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Isla Fisher, a.k.a. the girl everyone thinks is Amy Adams, plays obsessive shopper <laughs> Becky, who's not only quite vapid, but also happens to have some money problems. Her main ringtone is Rich Girl by Gwen Stefani, but she makes a custom ringtone for a debt collector named Derek Smith, which turns out to supply a couple of funny moments in
1: the film. <laughs> that makes me want to see it.
3: Yeah, now I'm curious. It's teased me. Like isla.
1: do we really believe that she 's married to Zach Galifianakis in that movie where they're neighbors uh-huh. to Wonder Woman and, and John Ham? yeah nope
3: but John Ham would get Gal Gadot.
1: that's that's believable, right yeah by that, but they try to you know they try to make a, a frumpy fisher, and it doesn't work she's she 's not, oh, she's not uh-huh. ready to be a frumpy fisher like we 've got a frumpy dunst, frumpy fisher's not a thing yet isla Fisher yes. yeah. <laughs> I know. And she's like, what,
3: 25 now? Probably. Number three yeah. Jurassic Park 3, when the Spinosaurus consumes the mercenaries, their closing gear remains undigested. One of these pieces of gear it was William Macy's satellite phone he gave to Bruce Young just before his character was eaten. Phone would ring inside the beast's stomach. Eventually, it was located the dino poop later in the movie. Just a very simple MIDI music ringtone, but it's a neat plop device. Thanks for the podcast, fellas. Chris Brawley. Okay, I said it correctly the second time. Sorry. Chris Brawley. You're supposed to correct me, Tom. God, I don't know how to pronounce Chris Braley's name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joey Brimhall. Right. Number two, Kill Bill, Volume 1. Uma Thurman goes to a bathroom stall to prep for an upcoming fight when she suddenly hears old Lang from Julie Dreyfus' phone. Uma proceeds to flash back to the assassination attempt on her life. Okay. Okay. Number one, inside man. Clive Owen demands everyone's cell phone at a bank heist. The bank manager claims he doesn't have a cell phone. Clive then proceeds to call his number from another employee's <laughs> cell phone. And Gold Digger from Kanye plays for the bank manager.
2: <laughs> Whoa! What? That's a good one. That's See, a good one. I don't remember that.
3: It's a better topic than I even realized.
2: I was really think, trying to think of uh, of those moments where the ringtone like out some character. Right. Or, and I couldn't I couldn't think of anything useful like that.
3: The thing is if you do a search for it, you'll get it if you go ringtones in movies, then it'll just give you movie ringtones of like themes of movies. Like, oh you want ringtones? Okay. Here's one from Spy you Love Me. Who would who would do
2: such a search though?
3: Uh that's what well one of the listeners just said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Arthur Giovanni Jelly, right? It's number three, Inside Bad, with a Robert stick on the as a gold digger guy. Yeah, he beat the guy up. Maybe he's part of the group. Not sure. I remember. Number two, Zootopia. When Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps are infiltrating <laughs> the facility that is holding the animals that have gone savage, Judy's parents call her in a ringtone, causes it to be detected. They've managed to escape, but the ringtone does put them in a tricky situation. See, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Where
2: you get Ring by detection. yeah. yeah. Ringtone Somebody's detection. Yeah. Somebody's trying to hide, and there's a ringtone that But it's also funny. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything like that.
3: Nice try, Vatican. Ringtone, huh?
2: Number one. (laughs)
3: No Country for Old Men. When Javier Bardem holds up Woody Harrelson in his hotel room, Josh Brolin calls through, causing the phone to ring rather loudly. Harrelson's reaction to the old phone ringtone is great. He was so tense, and the sudden noise makes him visibly startle. The ring has a similarly jarring effect on the audience as you're waiting for Harrelson to get shot. Bardem eventually shoots him all the phone rings, and then finally lifts the receiver and ends the noise. I know this is not a modern ringtone, but the old phone does ring, and that ring has some sort of a tone, so I hope this is not a violation. If I must go to jail, then so be it. The great reaction to the ringtone is totally worth it. See? He's like Mandela. So is he going to jail? No. Mandela Mandela went to jail? Well, I mean, some ringtones just sound like ringtones. So if that is a ringtone, then, then those are ringtones. Well, if you don't send him to jail, he's not like Nelson Mandela. What was the ringtone in like the 1910 phones and like the Alexander Graham Bell ones? When he goes, Watson, I got, I dropped my pipe
1: or whatever. No, Watson, I need you. That was the ringtone. Yeah. Watson, I need that, you.
2: That'd be a cool ringtone. That would be a great ringtone, actually, Tom. Yeah. yeah.
1: Good work, well, Tom. You guys can you use that on the internet. Me. I freely, Yeah, exactly.
2: Because you have practiced
3: saying lines like that. I do. <laughs> I just did it just now. I just rehearsed I it. I practiced my Watson lines. <laughs> Watson, I dropped my (laughs) ringtone.
2: I dropped my phone.
3: Justin D. Hurd writes Hey, guys, particularly Kelly Wand. After my first pick, I had to divert from memorable tones to what the tone meant for the story. I'm all over the board on this one. He sounds drunk. (laughs) Or stoned, or like he's being read by someone stoned in the morning (laughs) on a Monday in Germany. (laughs) Only have two quotes. I'll be turning myself in for jail time after my number three. Here's a quote I don't want to die in Canada. (laughs) Number three, Tusk by Kevin Smith.
1: Ew. (laughs) (laughs) You told me not to see it. I know. It's so soon after Michael Parks has died, too. God, it's just terrible. It's a terrible taste to leave in your mouth.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Most tastes are bad, though, to leave in your mouth. Number three, Tusk. This one's more because of the meta-textual love letter that's Kevin Smith has Tusk. From characters being named after Scott Mosier, Kevin's longtime producer friend, all the hints and nods to his podcast empire. One of my favorites is the inclusion of the Hollywood Helper theme as the ringtone of the ill fated Wally, the soon-to-be Walrus. DONE in the voice of Al Pacino, you can hear Ralph Harmon calling for more margaritas as the doomed Wallace struggles to find his phone after having his legs amputated, where he utters the eponymous quote above.
2: Tom.
1: <laughs> I don't want to die in Canada. Ah,
2: uh, see? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's uh, Mosier, is his name? Mosier? Mosier. Mosier. Mosier? Mosier. Mosier.
3: Mosier. Number two, here's a quote. This isn't normal. For the machine? No, for people. You think it's the machine? Primer by Shane Carruth. There's a sequencer Aaron and Abe have taken themselves out of the equation for the day, but Aaron leaves his cell phone on and receives a phone call from his wife. He answers oh, yeah. it relatively and then promises to turn off his phone before they go back, only for the phone to go off again in the hotel room. What ensues is a conversation about how cell towers work and whether they've broken causality by him not answering. For a movie that's so precise, the scene was written from a position of ignorance as Shane Cruth couldn't get the cell companies to divulge how phones actually acquire signals from towers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Proprietary technology or something? Wow, okay.
3: Weaponized hostility. (laughs) voices of a distant star oh is this anime it has to be awesome (laughs)
2: motherfuckers
3: (laughs) i thought i picked something shut up Ding. this isn't funny it's serious
1: (laughs) you think in anime they don't have cell
3: phones
1: (laughs) if there's one genre where the characters are likely to have cell phones it's anime they have swords and stuff and cell phones they're japanese kids kelly wand what do you expect Oh. read it, read it all read the names, do it right
3: I mean, we saw Valerian, do we really need more anime?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Voices of a Distant Star by Bakoto Shinkai <laughs> Go on When teenage Makako gets drafted into the military she and Noboru are able to send text messages even as
1: she moves light years away you got to read the whole thing we got to know the text
3: messages take longer each time going from months to years while makako stays the same age noboru grows older turning away love and hardening his heart against the outside world trying not to wait for the next text Near the end, Devorio receives a text message from Makako. Years after he she's been killed in a battle. The ringtone catches him off guard and cripples him emotionally. In the end, it was mostly garbled text, but the one thing he could read was,
1: I am here. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Just a de <deer. laughs> Okay, so Kelly, Wong, try as you might, that actually sounded cool. It did.
2: What's,
0: yeah. You
1: you really tried to make that sound like, oh, God, anime is terrible. But Justin D. Hurd's words completely r- ran roughshod over your own tone and lack of enthusiasm. Exactly so right. that's some powerful anime there. I, I should maybe you. see this Voices of a Distant Star nonsense thing. By? By Mishikaku Hironobi. <laughs> okay, that's correct.
2: Means no worries.
3: No stress before Christmas. That's what someone said to me here once.
1: Was that it? Were there no more ringtones? No,
3: there's one more. I just wanted to say no stress before Christmas and see if anyone had disagreed with
2: me. That's your serenity now?
3: Yeah. Chris Markardson writes, hey, guys, this one took some work. Also, I'm not good at describing ringtones. Number three, (laughs) X2. An overly futuristic-looking X-Phone has a very simple beep-beep-beep ringtone that rings when Logan, Rogue, Iceman, and Pyro are at Iceman's parents' place. God, comic movies just sound like anime to me now. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <that's...
2: laughs> it's
3: just white man's anime. That's right. I forgot it about really this is.
2: moment. Yeah, I forgot there was that the little X-Man phone.
3: Comic movies are, are like anime but without the weirdness.
1: There's like, all right, here's a vanilla white van. All right, Wait, number two. There's no weirdness in comic book movies, in comic books.
3: I'm saying compared to anime.
1: Okay, fair enough. Anime's
3: like Valerian. Actually, Valerian's too much like Hong comic movie and not anime enough. You heard me. Number two, uh-huh. Logan. As Logan is helping the girls in the bachelorette party out of the limo, his cell phone starts to ring. My hearing isn't great, but it seems to be a higher-pitched version of the ringtone
1: from X2. I could be wrong on that, though.
2: Oh, oh wow. What an interesting connection, Chris.
1: I think the reason I didn't remember that ringtone is there's about to be nudity, and when there's nudity like that, it knocks things out you, of my yeah, head. You can't hear right. The before and after—it's like a little time displacement thing. When you see breasts on the screen like that, you don't—you know—you lose track of things you saw shortly beforehand and shortly thereafter. And that's the only nudity in uh, Logan, which it's is really the only weird. reason it's rated R—is that woman yeah. touches her breasts. Otherwise, it's true. Yeah, Softy. Chris's no
2: contention is that the X two ringtone and the Logan ringtone have some sort of like there's a continuity connection? there. And, and I yeah. bet
1: yeah. I'm guessing wouldn't He's aren't there like some right. really well aren't there some X Men nerds who would say no this one's from a different universe like aren't there whole there's uh, universes of of X Men's right Aren't <sighs> there you guys are the ones who saw the last one I didn't see it. If you your had dick to... had
3: ears, you would have heard it better. <laughs>
2: Think
1: about that. You're, you're... Wow, so that, I
3: don't I hate that, that mental
2: stops. image so much. Think you're about ear earrings now.
3: <laughs> That's so when you circumcise it, it looks so the like X,
2: the X two ringtone, I am remembering what he's talking about because they're in the house. Uh Iceman's house. And it's just it, it seems like it's just like well, I'm not going to try to do it, because Tom just make fun of me for trying I to... I sang an Iron Man song. Right.
3: Yeah, I
1: like, think' Kelly Wan sang. Yeah, but
2: I have no sang really left. well. I thought Kelly Wan did a That's... nice job. Wow. What? Huh? I can't make of you. What? Shit. Uh, but it was just like... And so Chris is saying that it's a different note or different tone. What is he saying? He's
3: saying... It's a higher pitched version of the. Oh, a
2: higher mode. pitched version. Man, I'm gonna have to listen to both of those now. Damn, Is that's X- a really cool connection.
1: I want it we- to be true. What? What's the what? one where uh, where Jane Grey like shreds his flesh off of him at the end? Is that X2? That's the
2: last stand. Okay, that's the Ratner.
1: That's the one Sansa made fun of. Ew, the- it's Ratner.
2: Yeah,
3: I am, yeah. Because right? that's the one it's- I like the end of that. Can you, Can anyone even say the word Ratner without opening with ew? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't that be
1: his real first I'm going to try it. You want me to try it? Yeah. Here I go. Ew, Ratner. Oh, did I do it? Oh, I think hey, I, did. No, 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 did no, it. I did it. No, 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 I did it. I did it. I think I did it. Play that back. I think I did it. I got ew, it. Ew, Ratner. Oh, you almost had it, Kelly Wand. It's close. Here, I'm going to do it again. Watch this. Ew, Ratner. Oh, man. It's hard. It doesn't work. It hey, doesn't Ratner. work. Hey, Ratner. <laughs> It can't, it can't be done. Yeah. It's like keeping your eyes open when you sneeze. It's just impossible.
3: <laughs> I <know>. am. <laughs> or farting when you pee.
1: Kelly, but, Wong, you, sh- you should have quit while I was ahead. There's
3: one T in Ratner and one in Brett. And one in you.
1: Wait, does Brett Ratner spell his first name with one T?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh my god! That's his McG. Like Mc- heart. And they just called me Brett.
3: Oh,
2: why do you know that? Why do you know how to spell Brett? It's you- short for Brett with two T's. No, it's got to be two T's. Come on. No. Wait. Brett Ratner has at least three T's in his name. Oh, God damn it. Sorry. I- Alright, you're right. Damn it! Whatever. Taha, you know things about Brett Ratner. <laughs> oh, jeez, It got turned on. I got turned on just now. <laughs> That's what Rats. I get for knowing shit.
3: How do you like when I sang Close Encounters themes? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, The Dark Knight. The Joker has a cell phone surgically implanted in one of his henchmen. Yeah, remember? I
1: forget the ringtone. Yeah, how does the ringtone go in
3: that? I don't remember it. As a paramedic and some cops look at the large contusion on the henchman's chest, the cell phone starts to ring. i describe the ringtone as being almost siren-like. Because you All know,
1: right. Christopher Nolan didn't, like, Obviously, there's something very specific he wanted that ringtone to be. Right. Christopher Nolan's not going to be. Uh, he's, Joker. Not gonna, he's not going to Brett you Ratner it right, and just say I do whatever. Yeah. It's it's Heath Ledger characters who would have a really a cute ringtone,
3: like a funny one, or a sinister one. Right. Mm. A sinister. Thanks, guys. Chris, that's it. All right, runners up.
2: Oh God.
1: All like right, guess What is next week's three by three?
2: Uh, <laughs> these are your three favorite tunnels.
1: Oh! <laughs> oh no,
0: I'm, wow! That's,
1: man, this man, how have we done like eight hundred three by threes and not done tunnels? Does the birth <laughs> canal count? Uh, see, dingus, right out. He he goes there. He goes there so quickly. How does he get there so fast? What about a <laughs> tunnel?
2: And he didn't even pay a toll.
1: Kelly, Wan, did you know there's a sequel to Chud? what chud 2 it's it's called something like chud 2 chud's bud oh no <clears throat> like, is bud it? an acronym too uh i don't remember i just saw it on imdb and i was like what somebody one to play knows about this but you
3: didn't or know is it. it a weed joke no that's from 30 years ago it's so weird when they resurrect
1: something that long after the first one do you think it was, that, like another yeah, googly's or something do you think that dingus knows what chud stands for Dingus, don't say anything uh what what do you lay the odds are that Dingus does not know what Chud stands for? Jocks
3: used to know it in my high school, so he might, but he's kind of like a medium he's not that good a jock. Like he's sort of the the, the guy on the bench jock. Right, right. But maybe
1: that's the good for this though. He's, he's the guy like, on the bench, Jock, that that nerds didn't know enough to know he was. Like he could trick nerds into thinking he was a jock. Right. But no jock would ever fall for it. They'd but like, his friend that he did the cafeteria
3: tables with before school would have told him, by the way,
1: I saw a movie called Chud this weekend, and it stood for uh-oh. this, and he might have attained it. He might not. You know what? I'm going ge- to guess that he doesn't, though, but you're thinking he might have picked it up. Thing is, I have a question for you. What does Chud stand for? Because actually, John oh. Hurd, who's in it, just died recently, so this is relevant. Oh, yeah, so if you don't know, you don't like him. Yeah, you're dishonoring his memory. You're, dis- you're oh.
2: violating his grave.
1: Wasn't Daniel Stern all, also in that movie? Wow! Why would Dingus know that? I think he's. I think you've got it, Kelly Juan. I think if Dingus knows that, he knows what it stands or for. He's trolling us, or he's it's looking it up. To... Dingus, get off the internet now!
2: I'm not looking it up. I just know Daniel Stern is in that movie.
1: Okay, well, he loves this...
2: Diner so much.
1: Yeah, he's right. the
2: humanoid underground dwellers.
1: Ah! Oh. Oh. Dingus again. Jock. He's, he's a better jock the the than Scott. Don't underestimate dingus. Don't do it. Just don't.
3: Uh-oh.
1: Don't even think about it. He'll know things that aren't for dingus. I know. How does that happen? And he'll do things like like, uh, like movies that he shouldn't like. Like Martyrs. Yeah. What's up with that? And insane. your
3: highness.
2: <sighs> there was a third one somewhere. Anyway, if you guys uh, have any ideas about uh, Tunnels that you would like to send in for our three by three, please send them into three by three. That's three x three at quarter to three dot com. And if you have any ideas for the next movie we're going to see, which is Tom,
1: uh, it's a movie that would have played a lot differently if there had been a tunnel.
3: Oh, where the lives. <laughs> <laughs> Chud lives.
1: Chuds don't live in the tunnel, Callie yeah, they do. Chuds live in New York. This is the tunnel. Go between that. <sighs> No, Dingus, just explain to you what it's doing. Do you think Chunnel stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground and then N-N-E-L and then something? <laughs> Dingus, <laughs> answer his question. Anyway, we're seeing Dunkirk next week. So oh,
2: there. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're seeing Dunkirk. I'm if you seeing have some ideas, your... uh, having seen Dunkirk, you can send them in as well to 3x3 at quarter com. Please give your email a, uh, a Dunkirk um subject line, and give you three by three a three by three subject line
1: well, let's get those into us at before midnight on July thirtieth sunday uh, midnight pacific time, uh, and we'll read those on the air. We'd love to make you part of our podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Join us next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Chopin murkowski <laughs>
2: It's Christian Murawski.
1: And Kelly Iron Ironman
2: won. <laughs> uh, if you get killed by a chad,
3: you nothing happens. So it's one of the upsides. You don't like turning into a ghost.
1: You
0: ever love somebody so much? You can barely breathe when you're with them. You meet and neither one of you even though it hit them. Got that
3: warm, fuzzy feeling. get them chills used to get them. Now you're getting fucking sick of looking at them. there's also a hulk song it's like he's a crazy Hulk. hulk he loves to fight he smells good in the light
1: something like that
0: i swore an oath to keep it secret
1: this lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years we were afraid if the queen's heart was destroyed you'd lose your immortality or die
0: that wasn't your choice to make it's choice to make! It's just a to make!
2: Some high grade uranium and you'll be fine.
3: Ha huh. That's a ringtone? What
0: are you talking about? That's weird. Dingus doesn't know what a ringtone is. God!